comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 191 for season 7, episode 12, entitled Say Yes. I'm your host, Craig DeMonda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newarth. Hey. Hey now. Also with me this evening, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. I have nothing to add to this. Just hello. Just nothing? Leave That's it. Nothing. Hello. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> and Mr. Jim Dietz. Welcome to the carnival. <laughs> Enjoy Rick's t- zombie taffy pole. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just pretend I'm chubbed tonight. <laughs> I I think I think Michonne did enjoy his taffy pole. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. All right. Yeah, that was, that was, was that pretty good? Chubby. All right. Yeah, that was, <laughs> That's yeah, something that was, up right there. You did right, it. You kind of, yeah. In fact, <laughs> nailed it, nailed it, done, done. Mark so, that off the list. So Chubb cannot make it tonight, which is very unusual for him, but he did send in his uh, written review, which I will read uh, in the spirit of Chubb and in, in possibly in the voice of Chubb. We'll, do that. we'll get that later. But uh, before we jump into this week's episode, uh, any initial thoughts, what you guys thought about it? A little different pace than we're used to, but I thought it was pretty cool. What about you guys? I needed this, this episode. This, huh? I needed what happened in this episode. I needed, I needed what was said to be said because it was getting on my little, little bit getting on my nerves that how it was like date night for them, like like how Michonne was just thinking everything was just all great. Like I, I'm glad I, I needed a reminder for them that you know you anybody has a red shirt on, but, you know this, this is this is dangerous. It was just too happy. I was almost expecting somebody to get killed. You mean the way they were laughing and stuff was lighthearted? Yeah, it was just yeah, too right. happy. It was just too happy, romantic. It was just that's not Walking Dead. You, you don't get just, to be happy for too long. You just hate fun, don't you? Oh. You know, I know Kirkman, man. When you get when you have no, that episode I, I, of them yeah. happy, no. I mean, I just make me think that Michonne might have the target on her back coming exactly. up. Exactly, that's what made me worry. Uh, I, 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 I,
Um, I, 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 say, I really like. I really like this episode. I thought I the character work was good. I thought I love the you know they they have the ensemble episodes and then they have these like focused episodes and these are two characters that I really thought needed a focused episode like you said, Daryl, and it just really like it, it just really cemented even more this relationship between the two of them. Um, there was only one part that kind of seemed a little false to me, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But other than that, I thought this was a really really strong episode. I had a I had a blast with this one. I I think it's a little weird that The Walking Dead is the the the, the show to go to as far as hey we can show an interracial couple on TV. It's like oh yeah good The Walking Dead covered that for us, but uh, good, you know good on them. <laughs> um, but this this episode as a whole reminded me of that um, that Night Owl Silk Spectre chapter in Watchmen. It's like. You don't need it, but it's fun. Like it's a good. It's like let's take a break from Rorschach and yeah. you know all that nonsense, <laughs> and and just have something a little lighter, like <laughs> like like Dan not being able to perform. Like that's that's a lot easier to take in than Rorschach. You know, making this psychiatrist go crazy. That's the reference I'm going with for this episode. Oh, this this right. it was just it was that, fun. I, that I is enjoyed. so weird. You you made that reference. I just rewatched that movie the other night. Yeah, for the first time in a long time. You know. Oh, I still <laughs> love it. It's on my phone. It's my it's my callback to how I just. Discovered the uh, HHWLOD uh, to begin with, so there you go. Oh gosh, darn it! Wow, that's oh. that's impressive. If you could turn back time, but I, yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was actually a really cool episode because I mean, if you think about it, we haven't really seen much of the romance between Rick and Michelle. Not that it's all about romance, but I mean, they kind of made out that one time. We've seen him in bed like a little bit, but right. we never really saw them like kind of lead up to it. It just kind of happened. And then mm-hmm. after it kind of happened, a lot of other stuff happened, and it's like, okay, we didn't really right. see them together. Rick was all screwed up and sweaty and snotty and cryy <laughs> for like half the season, and, and she was messed up, and he was messed up. They're both just chill and relaxed, enjoying each other's company, scavenging. Like, it was like a, it's like a perfect little like a vacation well, in, in, in the zombie world. Like a you know, you little know what, trip. Yeah. You know what, you know, you know what you know, I really, okay. you know really like about this episode? Like, remember a couple weeks back, I was saying, like, after Michonne and Rick, like, destroyed that group of zombies with the with the tripwire or whatever, and, like, they just mowed them down, and I was thinking, yeah, what? Was they, they, they would not, if, if that was reality, you would not stop talking about how amazing what you just did is. That's what this episode feels like. It feels like they're just going out of their way to keep complimenting each other on how great they are at killing zombies. Like, oh, that's yeah. the whole, that's, well, the, that's were, the episode. Well, Rick was so emasculated uh, previously, and that was a turnoff for Michonne. I mean, she didn't want to say it. In, in a way, but it was that broken Rick was a was a turnoff for them, and and now it's like now that he's the leader again, and he's and he's doing what he's doing, and he got his gun back, and he's you know like it's just a it's a fire in his gut, and she loves it. Like it's just they they it, this episode was like we turn each other on right now. We are at, <laughs> we are we are so on on point and focused and everything that we just they just excite each other. I mean, you know that that's the good stuff. That's, well, it's that's fun cool. to see them like laughing and like laughing about yeah. it's like it's like what you want to get these eight walkers over here, go for it. Like it's just like they're having fun with the, right. in a very dark way because they are you know killing zombies, but like it's they're they're encouraging each other and they're admiring the fact that they're able to do, be badasses. And they're and like the zombie zombie Bonnie and Clyde kind of. You well, know, that's their normal. They're, they're yeah, but they're <laughs> in this. But because they're because there's just the two of them, yeah, and they're on this run or whatever, they're in this little bubble, 
you know, like mm. this little, little bubble of a couple of days. And Rick keeps referring to, you know, we could take a couple more days, you know, <laughs> you know, he keeps saying, we could take a couple more days. Stress and and Michelle's always like, Michelle's always like, we have to get back. And like, he keeps, you know, it's a recurring theme through the whole thing. Yeah, but she grins when she said it, we got to get back. We can get back, but I don't really want to get back. I mean, they're in this, like you said, it's like a vacation almost. They're in this like, little bubble, just the two of them. For these few days and like you know even though they're spending their vacation days killing more zombies it's still like a really cool little uh, vignette for the two of them and i i, I, I don't know it worked really well for me i really it's enjoyed a it a different lot. world than how fear of the walking dead should be like that they're they well what i mean is they they have been fighting like the world has been infected with this thing for so long that this is the norm for most people now. There is no other remembrance of the other time. That's a good it's point. Too much time has passed. Hmm. So it's it just, I think I liked how they kind of showed that they have, whatever your situation is, you, you, you human behavior is to find a norm out of it, to just make you feel normal, because you can't stay tense all the time. And that's yeah. their normal now. They just, they're just in sync in this world and that's what they do they they've been fighting for their lives since the first day they met so it's when they don't do that it's it's not normal for them they feel hmm. off when they're not defending or leading or fighting so it's it's like i think that's what they feel like now it's like they don't need to say it though i like how they just act it and they in the eyes and the way that they they are with each other i mean just the way they touch each other they're like if I was her, if I was her boyfriend, I'd be a little, little mad, a little jealous, <laughs> because it's like you know the TV romance stuff. But it's times where he, you know, he, he grabs her in certain places, she grabs him in certain places where it's just, it's very normal for a couple to be that way with each other. Um, and you don't see that as much on TV because it's so scripted. It's like it's the opposite of of a lot of uh, comic book shows nowadays when they try to show relationships because they're writing it so hard but they don't really feel like they're romantically involved with each other unless they get it really right like i feel more chemistry between rick and michonne than i ever did between glenn and maggie you know yes. what i'm saying like this yeah. on-screen chemistry i, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go that it far. took a I while mean, I, I, I mean, I, I would say that it's, it's they're, hotter. They're old, Let's put that way. It's, they're like, old, it's more of a fire. They're, they're older actors, so like I can, I mean, and the the kind of the, I don't know, the lived in quality of those characters. It makes more sense as opposed to the comic requires uh, uh, Maggie and Glenn to get together, so they're just together all of a sudden. Like it, it, I, I get, I can get that. Okay, as far yeah, as, yeah. Well, it was that but young I, love? Like you think when you, when it's young love, like Glenn and Maggie was supposed to be, Maggie. The actress that plays Maggie seemed to be more. She seemed to play it off better as someone who is just on fire with. You know, when you first meet somebody, you just you're, you're so into each other that it's it's exciting. Glenn still was a little more laid back with that. Like he didn't seem as comfortable yet mm. in the first seasons with with her. Like it almost was like she was yelling at him to be like like. Um, you know, be just, just you can be more comfortable around me. It was almost, and I mean, guess they wrote it that way that she was more yeah. forward with him than she used to intimidate him. That's the same as the that's the same as the comic. That's right. yeah, yeah. And no, you try you try being Glenn when you have the, the crazy father keeping a bunch of zombies in the barn and being cool <laughs> with the daughter. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, it's pretty hard to do. Good old Herschel, right? 
Oh, he man. rest in peace. Oh. So what do you say, guys? You get into it? Yeah. This episode was directed by Greg Nicotero, and it definitely showed. Even though it wasn't like a heavy like mid-season opener or you know a season yeah. opener or season finale, it was actually... He's a really good director of this show. Look, there's some shots, and I even noted a couple of them, and I'm sure you guys maybe saw a few too, but really beautiful. He did a great job with this, this episode. It had weight. Yeah. I feel like it felt like it had weight. Yeah. Between the and subtle between stuff, the, though, you know? Between, yeah. the, between the montages and the many zombie kills, I was like, this is probably a Nicotero episode, and sure enough, it was. So. It's just good. He just has a handle on this world, you know? It's... There were some really interestingly framed shots, too, like the one where um, Michonne is drawing the zombies behind the uh, dumpster. I noted that you know, one. Actually, that was one of them. Yeah, I noted that. Actually, right. see the zombie kill but you see the you know like the the, the right. angles yeah like the uh, the splatter on the wall and the same right. and the silhouettes or the um or like the dutch angle shots from behind the mm-hmm. um you know the the carnival games as they're running away from the zombies and stuff. And right. he played a lot uh, with really the sun cool too in this episode yeah. the, su- the sunlight yeah. usually don't put a camera into the sun but he did that a few times this episode right. saw it coming through the trees and he saw kind of the silhouette of rick and michonne skulking around the you know when they were first making their entrance some cool shots just really good stuff i just unless the director would have made a boring episode out of this, <laughs> the, you know they would have. You know no, I know because I've seen that version. I, we've I seen that, it a hundred yeah. times. Like, we've seen that's like that's like the Beth and Daryl. I was just thinking that one. Yeah. The Beth and Daryl mm-hmm. one, exactly that's, right. Totally, totally. Give the thumb, was, you know, middle finger to the place burning mm-hmm. up. Okay, yeah, all right. I would I would give credit to uh, Bear McCreary though too. Like his oh, score yeah. this episode, I think is pretty terrific. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it, yeah. it hits the beats well. It even it adds in a little creepy carnival vibe at some point when during the fair. It had me thinking something terrible was going to happen catastrophic <laughs> was going to happen somewhere in this episode which was it's a good way to direct it where you it still felt dangerous even though it's the middle of this this couple uh kind of having a vacation in a in a only way you can in in a walking uh, zombie apocalypse but it just had that feeling like any moment somebody's going to jump out and with with guns or something and take them down or i just kept thinking something bad was going to happen to them yeah. And it just it kept me so focused on the episode that I got to enjoy the whole thing. You can almost imagine that that, that call to Bear McCreary when the score in this episode. You can see Greg Nicotero. All right, Bear, listen, I want you, I want you to tune it up here. I want it really, mm-hmm. really tense. I want you to gear it up. And he's, All right, yeah. give me, you, you got it, boss. Give me the grizzly. <laughs> yeah, give me <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode is written by Matthew Negrete. So we jump into the cold open. It's a cool shot. Again, like I said, the sunlight coming through some trees. You don't really know where you are at first. Then we see a van opened up with Rick and Michonne sitting around a campfire next to it. Then the music ramps up. There's no sound effects at this point. We've seen this kind of effect before a few times, you know, where, again, you just hear the music, no sound. And Rick and Michonne are scavenging. They're searching various houses, scavenging for food, weapons. And then right away they cut to, like, the sex scene at night inside the van. So you can see that time is passing. That they're, they're scavenging, doing their job, and then at night they're they're doing their thing. Well, plus this all had no dialogue. Like the montage just yeah, had zero. music. It was just it was just a just musical score. Yep. And it just like kept cutting to them yeah. killing, them searching, them in the van, them having sex. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a great it was a great opening. Kind of like you know set the tone for you know what was going on and you know where these characters were and stuff. I mean it was it was cool. So the next morning, we see some time pass. There's another campfire. Michonne and Rick... Uh, Michonne actually thanks Rick, so there's some dialogue here, just a little bit, uh, for keeping watch all night. Rick is, says he's happy to do it, says he likes to do it. 
Michonne then asks if they're going to get lucky today, meaning, I guess, you know, finding what they need to find. Rick says, yeah, he thinks they will, and notes that they need to find some fresh batteries for the walkie-talkie as well. And then the music fades in again. The sound effects vanish again. So, again, this is another little musical montage, more scavenging. They're finding some items, canned food, small, small amount of guns. I mean, they're finding some stuff. They're filling up these little clear totes they have with them. And then another sex scene in the van. And this is a little bit more aggressive. Like, it seems like yeah. he's grabbing her and ripping her shirt <laughs> off. And, you know, it's actually pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Like summertime. So, <laughs> where's Chubb when you need a brown chicken brown cow? <laughs> <laughs> then they're walking out of the woods. Uh, Rick asks Michonne why she's smiling. Well, he should have he known, right? Come on. Yeah, I'm saying. But you know you want him to say it, though. Yeah. He was there. <laughs> want him to say it. <laughs> You know we've all done that. Come on. You never used to smile, girl. Why are you smiling now? Come on. Stop. Why are you smiling, girl? Why are you smiling? <laughs> so uh, he says, because, look, we haven't found much stuff yet. And Michonne replies that, you know, that you, we, this is good. We're living life. We're fighting the fight. It's better this way. So, again, re- reaffirming, Rick, that this is the way they have to do things. Right then, they hear some voices kind of in the woods, beyond the woods. They see two saviors leisurely driving a few buckets of golf balls into an open field. And you can actually hear some dialogue from them. It's pretty funny. I I jotted some of it down. One of them is complaining that he's sick and tired of hearing people talk about the dearly departed Fat Joey. He's tired of hearing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like basically the the one way to know that they're saviors. I mean, you can kind of assume they are. but And they listen to the podcast. They're sick of it. They're sick of it. I'm sick of it. That's it. What about me? What about me? It's all about, yeah, exactly. Come on, Fat Joey. What did he ever what do, about, man? What about me? Hefty Maurice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about Hefty Maurice over here? What about Chubby Jojo? Yeah. <laughs> all Fat Joey did was just die. <laughs> Sandwich. So Rick and Michonne noticed some food and batteries at the back of the pickup truck. It just happened to be open right there. And then we don't really see them steal it, but the scene cuts away. And it's apparent that they do rip off the saviors because they got fresh batteries oh, yeah. for the walkie-talkie and they got some pretzels at the reading as well in the truck. And even say good pretzels. But do you think they took them out or do you think they just ripped them off? See, I think they ripped them off. I think they're not – they're yeah. being very careful now. They didn't kill them. I don't know. I could, I, it could go either way. I kept thinking – they're so good at what they do. They don't even have to show how they kill them really quickly. Well, I mean, I just, I feel like there's too many implied repercussions that could come if. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's there a red is. flag for sure. Yeah. Well, they expect it not to last. I mean, they expect to have to fight in a few days. But so he's going to pick the time, though. Like He's not going to stir right. the pot yet. He's not ready yet, I think. They're like, probably like, what, like, what if they kill him and that leads to Negan being like, well, we got to go send Simon out to intimidate some folks, and then they're not there. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So Michonne is driving the van and wants to head back to Alexandria, but Rick wants to keep it, you know, keep at it for one more day. He's like, come on, just one more day. Let's do it. We'll get lucky, you know, et cetera. And he's uh, feeling lucky. We've all, we've all been there. You know, we've been on vacation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. you don't feel like going back to the routine. You don't feel like, well, just come on one more day. Start I'll get the credit when card. when you call to work. I don't feel like <laughs> I'll be in a couple of days. But it's more than just like the scavenging. He really is enjoying this time with Michonne. I mean, it's really. They're like, loving it. He's yeah. Loving it. And like you said, she grins. He gives that little side grin and says, all right. And she she kind of agrees. And then they just drive up. And, and it actually is pretty cool. As they're driving, the, the theme music kind of rises as, as the van uh-huh. is coming. It kind of goes right there. It was actually a pretty cool little uh, entrance into the credits. 
Yeah, it makes you think who's following them. Is something happening? What's gonna? Yeah, because if you hear that music, you think something's like yeah, yeah something's definitely gonna happen, right? Whenever they go to <laughs> cut it, to it, it felt like a, like a taxi driver cue, like <laughs> like just like a, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's the that's clear well. reference that I'm going with. 1976 is wow. Taxi. It's a great movie, man. Martin Scorsese. That's a good one. You want to talk about crazy? <laughs> was it Tra- Travis Bickle? What was his name? That's it, right? Uh, yep, that's right. Oh man! So we see Rosita uh, after the credits removing her stitches by herself uh, from her cheek, and she happens to be outside on the porch. I mean, isn't that where you always remove your stitches? I don't know. Whatever. She's oh, outside, course. sitting there with a the mirror, and Tara just happens to be coming over at the exact moment to do the same thing to her for her. Uh, Tara again tries to cheer Rosita up, but again Rosita's total full pout mode. Doesn't yeah. want to hear it. Shuts Sad it down. Panda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's turning into like I like the angry Rosita. Now it's like pouty Rosita. I'm not liking the pouty it's, version. See, of it. you, you guys have been high on the on the the Rosita thing with her being, you know. Well, I was. I don't think anyone else enjoy, was. Enjoyable, I, I was. Enjoyably yeah. feisty. I've been like, yeah, this no, is she annoying me. No, yeah, she's annoying <laughs> me right now. No, I'm with you. Some, She's annoying some, me too. Some of you have. And, <laughs> I want to kill Negan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you tried to do it and you messed it up. Fool. I'm gonna like, kill that Cadabron, man. It's it. I'm done yeah, with him. Like, it's, the kind, it's the kind of thing where it's like, how do you crash a car in the zombie apocalypse? And that's what I look at with Rizzi. It's like, how do you make a bullet? You shoot directly point blank at a guy and you hit the back. So like, exactly. just make it- You're comparing her to Lori now? Come on, that's that's a big stretch, man. Listen, I don't know. You to, when you do something like that, you need to sit down from now yeah. on. You don't yeah. get to say anything. <laughs> I don't know why she's invited on missions. Like, I don't. Like, that's exactly. A, that's You're called, that's that. time out. Like, that's that's not come with us on this mission. That's you know, you sit here. <laughs> like, if we want to shoot trees and stuff, you can come. But if we're gonna the only reason the she's there is because Keith's missing. That's why. Yeah, and ends from Middle Earth will bring you, but other than that, you know, <laughs> we're good without you, Rosita. I just I don't like the um, I understand I don't, I just don't like her character just being so one note. You know, what I mean, right. I understand exactly. like you know I understand you know everybody should be pissed at Negan. They everybody's lost you know someone to yeah. him so far now, but. It just seems like that's they they decide that's what they're going to do with her, and that's all they're going to do with her. I know, like it's like you're. I know you're angry. Like there was a good. She had a good storyline for them to do something with. Like you're the dude that you were in love with dumped you just before he gets murdered. It's the kind of thing where like I I didn't like Sasha's grief over the deaths in her life very much, yes. but I understood that more. That made sense right. to me. Where this feels like. I, I don't like this. Like, this is not a way the direction needs to go for her character. You could write way more interesting ways for her to act. And all, and all it's done is just kind of led me up to finally something at the end of this episode. But it's Well, like it feels least... like shorthand to get her to do the thing that she's going to do as opposed to earning it for her to do that. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's just a... A, a lack of initiative on the part of the, the actress to kind of make more of what's being given to her, which is a very possibility because I don't know if the character direction is all that amazing um, or it's just, you know, a lack of anything in the writing to really push it forward. But yeah, it's just it does nothing besides just make her look bad on a show that has a lot of other good things happening. I mean, That's the other thing. I mean, we have an ensemble show and it's paired down to basically four characters this episode. So, you know, you have two characters that are doing a really good job mm-hmm. because they have their chemistry and want that to work together. You have Tara, who's not really in it for one thing, and is also fine on her own with with baby Judith. So then you just left yeah. with, with um, 
Christian Sarajos, who's just yeah. like, all right, compared to what good is going on elsewhere, this is just not as good, clearly. And oh, Gabriel so, killed it. Like, like okay, Father yeah. Gabriel killed it. Was, <laughs> He's uh, a big yeah. step yeah. off. <laughs> totally dead. He, he was so calm, and I was calm now. He made me calm. Step to off. Get out, of my, get out of my house. As he said. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to me. I thought he was a Jedi for a minute. He <laughs> 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 was so serene about it. Oh, man. So again, she says they need guns, and she's gonna go find them. So she's just in full angry pouty. I'm gonna go find guns mode, and that's that's what Rosita's doing right now. Back in the van, Michonne is still driving, and Rick. We see him kind of asleep in the passenger seat. His head is against the window, and Michonne just looks over and smiles. Again, this is like typical like road trip stuff. Like when you see yeah. when you're driving, and you see you know your loved one next to you just passed out, nice yeah. and comfortable. Like you know, it's nice. He's a little good. Everything's good. Everything's, Everything's good. Fine. Exactly. Yeah. He's relaxed. He's just chilling. Next scene, uh, the van is stopped, and Michonne is set under the campfire and making some tea or coffee or whatever. And Rick is still asleep in the passenger seat. This guy's wiped. I mean, he's totally, he needed to sleep. Michonne accidentally wakes him as she grabs a gun from the back to shoot a deer. And she saw the deer staring at her in the woods. Uh, Rick woke up suddenly, went to join her, and says that he still owes her a deer from before. When, you know, he talked to her out of you know, hiding it from the saviors when she walked back to town with it. They walk a few paces uh, from the van. They didn't find the deer, but they see something off in the distance. And they seem to be, you know, it seems to be something good. Then they approach... Possibly a good-looking deer, but we know the truth. (laughs) I don't know. Whenever they do that, whenever they see something good in the distance, like, it's it's nice. It always works out good for them. Like, they saw the prison, like, oh, this is great. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the prison worked out for them. (laughs) Every time time this... I'm sure they... I'm sure they look back at their journals and like, man, it was nothing but good times when we were at that prison. Oh, man, that prison. <laughs> that was, yeah, they had about two minutes that were safe. That was, the rest of it was bad. Then they approach the gate and they knock on it a few times. And this mil- this military walker, I guess he's he's a soldier now, zombified. He's still wearing his rifle. Appears at the fence. Rick comments as Michonne takes him out. Guns like this is exactly why we're out here. The scene cuts quick again. Look at a lot of quick edits. And they now are, they're obviously over the fence. And Rick notices on the ground some large caliber spent cartridges. So he's kind of looking at them. He's kind of sniffing them a little bit to see if they're fresh. Uh, and Michonne comments as apparently like, something big went down here a long time ago. And Rick is optimistic. He goes, yeah, well, the chances are good that we can find some big guns here too. So he's feeling good what's, about this. What's great about a lot of this is like my notes are very slim this week. And it's because mm-hmm. there's a lot of just kind of action happening on screen without too much... You know, there's there's dialogue, but it's not really like just late, you know, it's just reams and reams of people talking and saying exactly what's happening. It's a lot of what you know, nece- dialogue out of necessity and just like act, you know, uh, visually driven storytelling. Which not a lot is, of exposition, just, just kind of just easy not, you know, not, plot, not plot forced, dialogue. Not, yeah, <laughs> not forced exposition, more just character interaction that fits with the scene, and it just it it plays well because it's just like. I, I'm like, I have nothing to really write here. I'm just kind of like watching what's going on because it's, it's just like, oh, then Rick steps over there. Like, there's nothing to write. So it, it's just good stuff. Well, we get a lot of weird callbacks in this episode, too. I mean, every, almost every time that somebody sees a deer in this uh, show, something bad happens. It's a bad deers are the Deers uh, are the worst. Carl, Carl, especially. Yeah. I'm thinking of right now. And um, there was an episode, I think it was season five, maybe, where they were uh, going into a Walmart or something and they were all on top of that tar roof. And the oh, exact right. same thing happened to them that yeah. happens to you. But with more, even more hilarious results that time. 
Yeah, because like people died, but yeah, uh, we laughed and laughed. We laughed. Did, and didn't laughed is that where Bob Stucky? Bob Stucky knocked over the liquor cabinet or something? Oh, yes. the liquor and yeah, yes. Be- and Beth's boyfriend got killed. And oh yeah, yeah. that's right, that's right. Yep. Yeah, the helicopter came through the roof. Okay, it was great. Yeah, good times. So Rosita is out on her own. She's walking, hunting for guns. She approaches a house where she sees a gun right on the front doorway. But before she can grab it, this is cool. It's kind of a jump scare, not really. A nasty, bloated zombie woman just approaches and greets her at the door. I she, love that one. Yeah, it was kind of cool. You see her feet first. You don't really see her body. You see like the feet of the zombie, and uh, it was a pretty cool shot. She dispatches I, it with her machete. I, I wrote ugly walker in my notes on this one. Cause it's just like the nastiest, like, bloated-looking zombie that could have made it. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty, pretty disgusting. And grabs the gun, but only to find out that it's a toy gun. So essentially, she went through all that, and she's covered in zombie guts now, or whatever blood—at least the very, at the very least—but it's only a toy gun, and she's pissed and throws it away. Well, I didn't miss anything she... else, right? Because this this, uh, this led to nothing. It like, led yeah. to nothing. That's it. She found the toy yeah. gun, threw it away, cut and scene. That's because she she spoke to uh, Brother Gabriel, and and she didn't believe. <laughs> See, if she only believed, she would have found some guns. <laughs> I like how he's Brother Gabriel now. You talk about him, Daryl. He's Brother brother Gabriel now. He's He's Brother Gabriel. You can see from Malcolm X now, Brother Gabriel. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't Brother Gabriel when he led all those zombies from that elementary school over to the church, now was he? (laughs) Well, we all come from, uh, you know, different backgrounds. and He had to go through some things before he reached enlightenment. Now he is fully enlightened. He's a full-fledged brother now? He's all right? Yeah, he's a full-fledged brother. His bridge to Alexandria really paid off. That's right. Yoda has allowed him to leave Dagobah. Yes, he's, Dagobah. he's the promised land. He's, he's full. He's fulfilled his, his duties. Oh, man. So Rick and Michonne climb on top of the building with a very soggy roof to get a good vantage point before they go into the gated area containing the remains of what we see as a carnival. Rick is happy, as is Michonne, saying that this could be exactly what they're looking for. They see, again, they see a lot more soldiers, a lot more of them wearing rifles on their backs, so at the very least they can see a lot of a lot of weapons that they can grab if they can take out these walkers. This is the coolest possible set piece for The Walking Dead. <laughs> like I, lo- I love the much. idea, the, the the juxtaposition of like what they're trying to do against a county fair is awesome. Like I, I love the the idea of seeing a dilapidated Ferris wheel and carnival games in the midst of walkers walking around with guns attached to their hips, and these two, you know, these two survivors just like. Well, <laughs> got to figure out this situation. Like, it's just a great image. It is, and it's, it's kind of cool from a continuity standpoint because the the apocalypse did happen, I guess, sometime in the summer. So, if this is like two years later or so, I guess in in their time frame, it's it, everything stopped in the middle of the summer sometime. And I guess at this point there was a carnival going on. Like, it, it's pretty neat that they, everything is like the whole world ended right here, and this is what was happening in this part of the world. So Rick is happy, as is Michonne, saying this could be what they're looking for. Michonne takes out her rifle and shoots the carnival target from the rooftop, which is a pretty good shot, actually. It had to be at least oh, yeah. you know, pretty yeah. far away. And just, so that, that just reinforced her more when she hit the target. And it goes ding, and it's like, you know, they both start laughing. As they're laughing and yucking it up, the roof starts to collapse, and they both just literally fall down inside the building. It was so quick, because I had to rewind it. <laughs> Like the yeah. One minute they're there, next minute they're gone. That's it. Yeah. But also, and I mean, it, it comes back from a commercial, and they're still laughing. But like, you hear them starting to laugh when they're off frame, just because. Yeah. I mean, it gives it gives you a sense where, as opposed to like a cliffhanger, like what happened? They're just like that oh was God, hilarious. 
Like, and it was, I like that. Like that made that made me laugh. Where like they're so like in the mode of look how great this all is. Like look how awesome we are. We found all of this stuff and we just fell through a roof. That's that's insane. But why not laugh? Because it's hilarious. It, it just it's good to have a good old time. Yeah, they're in their trip. But right now there was a commercial break, and inside this commercial break, it actually was pretty early this episode. Oh, yeah. We have, this week on The Walking Dead, guys. We have oh, a very yeah. special segment, okay? We have Fear the Walking Double Dead, win. hashtag Double passage. Unleashed by T-Mobile. Aaron, would you do the honors, please? the uncarrier. The uncarrier. <laughs> yeah, guys, this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier. <laughs> This is a good. I mean, it, I'll say this: this fear the fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier, left us, you know, with a bit of a, a you know, a, a bit of a cliffhanger. Still, is re- in regards to Sierra, who's currently trapped under a a, a mat with a zombie. I'm Sierra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that that's still left open in the same way that Glenn was left open last year, it, multiple times. Um, <laughs> but. Um, this year, or this episode, this week on Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passages unleashed by T-Mobile, the Uncarrier, we got we got another perspective. We watched, we got to watch Colton and Gabby, Gabby formerly known as as Panicky Woman. That'll change in a second. They're walking through these mines, which is the passage, which is an t- underground tunnel. And, oh, uh, there's actually to, a passage. Yeah, it is a pad. They say yeah, they yes. they named. I, I wrote this. Thing. I'll get to that. Inception. Whoa, my mind is blown. We'll get to that. But they're, they're in the they're in the tunnel, and 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 Col- Colton's like going through. He's, he hears the people, and they start asking like, "Who tripped the wire?" And, and he tells Gabby to hang back. He doesn't want him to tell you lies. He lies that, that she's that is so Colton. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he lies. He tell he tells he, he and she's like hiding back. And while he's like trying to explain to these other mysterious guys we don't know yet, uh, Gabby grabs a knife. Which she got lessons from in the WGA winning episode of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag Passage Unleashed by T Mobile the Carrier. Good uh, continuity. She, mm-hmm. So you talk about his knife. So he has his knife, and then and, and Colin comes back, and Gabby's like, "Why'd you lie?" And he's like, "No one can know." And then he says the key quote. I says he says quote, "It's more than just a passage." He name checks the whole series of Whoa. Fear the Walking Dead mm-hmm. Unleashed by T Mobile the Carrier, and. Uh, just as they're like kind of getting into it about like you can't lie and whatnot, she and he's like trying to basically threaten her like we got to stay down here because it's safe and no one else can know about it. She pulls the knife out on him. To be continued. And Next. this is her boyfriend. Like, isn't he pulling a knife out on him? I don't know. Wow. It's, it's to have some kind of relationship. Well, she she said he says something like, she says like you weren't coming back. Right, right. You're gonna leave me. You're gonna leave me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's some there's some real drama here on it. Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passes unleashed by the Team Mobile Team Mobile the Carrier. But uh, you know I have to wait. Oh, and see. Wow, what a roller coaster ride, man! Whoa, fitting <laughs> in an episode of a roller coaster on oh a fair. Oh my god, I need my heart medicine. Excuse me, please. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get your get your medicine. Listen, uh, Aaron, as always, thank you for that that riveting review of of, of uh, hashtag passage uh, unleashed by Team Mobile. However, I'm actually can I say it? I'm actually kind of liking this now. It's actually getting kind of cool. I'm, I'm legit liking the. Passage. I think uh, it's like, a solid. Like we mock it, but it's, I think it's light years beyond yeah. Flight 462. I'd be honest with you. I mean, oh, they found, well, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. kind of a their low group. bar, though. You know, <laughs> their group. Insane. I'm just their group. He said the word "passage" in a passage on yeah. hashtag passage. We are the Walking Dead. You yeah, right, name checked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I I would agree with you, Craig. I do think the 
despite the inherent silliness of one minute episodes, I think they've they've figured out a way to properly use this gimmick a lot better. Like the concept of what happens when the, the Walking Dead are unleashed on a plane. That's fun in concept, but the they stretched the it out. Build, it was too much, man. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, now you go to the bathroom. Now, yeah, yeah, it's like build whatever. Up, getting to actual things, yeah, it kind of suffered. This they just got right into right underway into it. So it, it uh, it's been working. Yeah. yeah. So more to come. I guess we have what three more to go, uh, or four more to go. Three. I guess whatever. Yeah. F- passage. Yeah. So we see what happens at the end of the passage. Thanks, Aaron, as always. So after commercial, we see Rosita, and she's still covered in zombie guts, and she goes in to complain to Brother Gabriel. She says that she found no guns. She continues to bitch and moan that she fouled up her plan to kill Negan, and she blames herself for listening to Father Gabriel in the first place. Rosita says that, um, "quote He doesn't know shit about shit." Though that was that was his that was her quote to him. And um, is that an, an Abraham quote? Yeah. She, <laughs> Sound like oh, yeah. one, right? Well, he, it is. he would say said yeah. shit. That's what he would say, right? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't say shit if my mouth was full of it. <laughs> so the father actually agrees. Says that you know even a fool like him sees that she should still be alive, and then yeah, you know I I meddled. He said it almost he was not like a rabbi at that point. He goes so so I meddled. He meddled a bit to try to steer her in the right direction. He says anything is possible until your heart stops beating. He's laying the wisdom down on her now, like heart. And certainly since you're still alive. You can do more with your life than yelling at a fool like me, or yelling at a fool, meaning himself, I guess is what. Which is what, which is what I thought was a great. I thought that was a great line. I thought. I'm and, uh, telling you, man. It's, 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 look at him, brother. Look I know he's him. laying down some wisdom now too. It's I'm like he's saying. he's he's a brother now. He's not a father already. All right, from now on, we'll call him just brother Gabriel. That's it. Done. He even All gave right? her that walk, like he just like when you can talk while you're walking away from somebody. And he wasn't even looking at her too. Like he was looking at he the camera, right? At he was looking. At- <laughs> No, he, he, he did it all like one palm on top of another palm yeah, in front of him, which is like the easiest way to stand. Like yeah. that was good. And you did that to a woman? You don't turn your back on a woman. Get out of my house. Get out. No, you don't do that. that. That's totally disrespectful. You don't get to do that and just walk away. So. He shut her down quick. It was good. He did. Yeah, it was he nice. Did. I was like, stop. Come on. Stop it. You're but alive. I bull- but I call bullshit on her part of this. Yeah. She did do her own plan. Yes. And she tried to shoot the guy. And That's what I understand. Him. She missed, right? So I don't, I don't, I don't understand. She's yelling at him for the for not doing the plan, but she did actually execute the plan, right? She did. Right. And, you yeah. didn't listen to him. You did what yeah. you wanted to do. But it's still his fault. It's still his fault. <laughs> but it's still his fault. You know, <laughs> the brother can't catch a break. Come on, it's it. Not one. Not one. <laughs> So it's dinner time. Rick and Michonne break into the MREs that they found. They found a whole stash of them there, like uh, like pallets, skids full of MREs, canned food, you name it. This is like the jackpot in the zombie apocalypse. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had them before. They really are tasty. The MREs are awesome. Like, I usually get a few packs at the, whatever, the swap meet or wherever they got here, and it's... They're good. So uh, if you ever need emergency supplies, that's the one stuff. Food, that's the one to have. They have a feast by candlelight. They're enjoying their food. They're drinking some beer. I mean, they're just smashing these things down. Michonne then starts to ask Rick about what happens after they go to war with Negan. Like after It's okay. After we get the guns, we go to war, we kill Negan, whatever. She wants to know who's going to be in charge of the new world. Saying, look, you know, Negan, for better or for worse, he kind of created his order. He ordered the world this way. So when he's out of the picture, who's going to be ordering the world from now on, you know, here on out? She goes, it should be you to Rick. Rick disagrees, saying, no, no. 
I'll only do it with you. Like, you know, we're going to re- we're gonna reorder things together. We're going to make you. a committee. It's going to have structure. <laughs> I'm not in charge anymore. There's a council. We're going to have districts. There's going to be constituents. We're going to put everybody in. You're in charge today, Rick. That's it, right? Now that's a campaign. <laughs> We're going to hold an election. We're going to have of elections. Well, but you know what I read from this though? All kidding aside, like this is like his way, I think, of trying to propose to her, or at least laying the seeds for that. Well, let's have a future together. He's basically saying it. I mean, let's we we need to have a future together. Let's right. Like he's thinking long term. He's yeah, I'll do it, but I want to be with you. You you you're with me now. That's it. We, we hand in hand. It's good. We're gonna we're gonna make Daryl Secretary of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Could do this That's the him. only man that took out a tank. Nothing. <laughs> nothing but a crossbow and some spit. Paris, Mad, Dog, Mad Dog Dixon. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so they kiss passionately. Again, it's cool. I mean, you're seeing this. They're really just they're enjoying it's each natural. other. It's natural. It's natural. Michonne says that she is going to eat five more dinners at this point, which I can understand that. Rick says that they can stay another day or two inside the little fortress. He goes, look, why don't we just... Like, camp out here. There's no way in or out except for the roof. No one knows we're here. We've got plenty of food. Let's just let's just chill. He just wants to just enjoy this this time with her. And then he then pulls to tempt her another MRE. And he says, I found one. It's got chili and mac and cheese together. <laughs> yeah, well, hold on, hold on. This, this, line is, this line is so well done. This is the most, like, this is, like, the most authentic, like, southern acting that Andrew Lincoln has ever done on the show. Because he's, <laughs> he's got chili and macaroni and cheese together. Come out. Like, come he, on. Said, like yeah. he says that, come out. And, like, put, like, he did. Right. That I sold it. That crash. sold it. The come on sold it. So this, 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 this expat Brit has been living down in Georgia for the last seven years. I guess it's finally paying off, right? He's getting the, he's getting the lingo down pretty good now. <laughs> Not just that he says come on, like he turns his head slightly so he's not even facing her, holding the bag at her. It's just everything about how he expresses come on, like it's just it's perfect. It's like this food is so good it got stank on it. He got stank on it. All the times we make fun of him saying coral, like this is like makes up for it. Like it's it's just a great moment right there. His accent has gotten a lot better. Sure, chili and mac and cheese together. You made it sound so good, dude. Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's good. See, these little moments, it's nice. It, ma- it makes the show. Yeah. So, so we see Michonne sleeping, and Rick is just sitting up. And this is interesting. Like he's, You can tell he's unable to sleep, and he's just sitting up. She's passed out. Uh, he's holding his head in his hand, and you can see he's still in pain from something. It's not just insomnia. Like he's Something is definitely still bothering Rick, and we, we kind of know what it is. I mean, he actually actually explains it at the end of the episode, but I mean, you, you kind of, even if he didn't explain it, you kind of know what's still bothering him. He just went through a, a big trauma. Right. I mean, they all did, but I mean, to him especially. Well, it's so, almost like you feel guilty having these moments after a while. Like, you, you, you have the moment, and you then it hits you, all this tragedy and people that have gotten killed, and yeah, I, you kind of feel like, well, maybe we don't deserve it. You don't see him thinking about Jesse, though. That's all I can say, man. That was a quick one. He didn't really... Not thinking about it. Oh, Looks like sleep over her, right? That was just well, that was a little trouble. fling. That wasn't anything big, she was right? Trouble. She, she was nothing but trouble. She's she's just, <laughs> when you involve it, when you involve Porsche Dick and all that, it gets really. There's a lot of baggage. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's just a bad yeah, relationship. He, he wants to forget that one, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for a problem. <laughs> Come on. 
Well, <laughs> cut to Tara. She's watching baby Judith. And this is actually a great scene. This shows how good she uh, Tara is. She's getting she's funny and she's talking to a toddler, which can't even respond. Like this reminds me of like full house when they would talk to the baby girl and you know, there's no you're not acting with anybody, you're acting with a child, but it's like it's she's actually delivering some pretty funny lines. And she's she's having a real moral dilemma. She decides uh, she's playing with the bracelet on her fiddling with it on her on her wrist that she got at the Oceanside community, and she decides to give it to Judith, Judith because she saw it. Tara then rationalizes exactly what will happen as soon as she tells Rick about Oceanside. And this is everything that we kind of predicted a little bit, but it's like, she goes, look, if if I tell Rick about this group, that they're going to fight. All right, that's it. It's no, no way around. They're going to fight to protect their guns, and they're going to lose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when they really should just be joining forces with Rick's group, but they won't because they're scared, and they're going to try to protect their stuff. So she comes to the conclusion that whose lives are more important? And she says, are ours more important because we're actually fighting the fight? Or are theirs more important? And at that point, she realizes that I guess it's really her group that, that deserves to Plus, add to, to that, they did try to kill her. I mean, the one person saved her and tried to save her, but they did try to kill her. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's, there, I mean... The, the the biggest takeaway I have from all of this is that no, regardless of the choice that's being made, I don't see it as selfish. I, I do think there is, right. for one thing, Oceanside will be found at some point. Those people yeah. are going to be found. I think Got there's it. an there's an inevitability to that mm-hmm. where whatever happens, so, they will be discovered most likely by the saviors given the expansive nature of the army and whatnot. So like it's and the fact that he has people going out on scavenger missions for him. I mean, there's. There's little doubt in my mind that they wouldn't eventually get discovered, so there'd probably be some kind of thing to begin with. But yes, it is a it. The, the show has done a good job presenting her into a this moral quandary of how to how to get how to dig into this because the idea of having Rick and the gang go out to you know find them and try to recruit them is not going to is not going to yield the best results right away. There's probably inevitably they have to probably convince them to do so. I don't I don't see I don't, I don't see this show going the route of having Rick slaughter every single one of these people and then take their guns. Like it has to, like it has to be a way of they I don't know, just, man. I think that that's where it kind of this that seems that seems pretty extreme that Rick is responsible for the deaths of all of these people just so they can Cuz I don't think guns. he'll go into it that way, but these but the way that they acted, I mean, the They were so response, paranoid, man. Yeah, yeah. no, it's going to it's going to be a very hard thing to it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah. But more so than you know the the hilltoppers or the scavengers or uh, the the uh, the thanks uh, to the the kingdom the kingdom I was gonna say the sanctuary that's wrong uh, yeah it's gonna be difficult but it it is neat to see this you know Tara being put into for one thing it's neat to see Tara being put into a difficult situation for one thing like it you know making making as opposed to Rosita who's just like I'm sad because I'm sad like Tara actually has like a reason to like really dig into something and work mm-hmm. into with and she's bouncing it off of Judith who is has to be like one of TV's greatest babies because she's never caused a single problem on this show. Nope. I can't say about most of the main characters on this show, but Judith's been perfect. So her her record is spotless, guys. <laughs> That's right. When they say you're supposed to be quiet, she listens. She's quiet. Yeah, I'm say she's she, quiet. Most of all the other people on this cast. She's looking, she's looking more and more like Shane, though. I can tell you right now, she's got Shane's yeah. looks. I don't know. They yeah. must be casting it with a picture of John Bernthal right there. Anybody. <laughs> it's, it's a good way to like call back for the audience too, to you know remind them that Tara's got that secret that she you know knew from that one-off episode about Oceanside, and like she's trying to see that in a bigger picture type situation. You know, well, you might even say that the you know the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That yes, 
it's that's just exactly. their innocence, exactly. though. They're, and they saved her life. It's like, and, and it's like they did right. not, they, all they want to do is protect what they have. And I, I, I hear what you're saying, Aaron. It's interesting. You think they're going to be found eventually, but. If I remember correctly, those bridges and stuff were set up where they were kind of like locked, right? They like they they were de- deliberately isolated on that shoreline, weren't they? I mean, there was only one way in and one way out or something. And all the more incentive for an opposing group to try and find them because if okay. they think that they have purpose to stop them from getting in, they feel like there's going to be some kind of thing waiting right. for them on the other side. Mm. Right? Yeah, it could be. I'm not, it could I'm, be right. No, and I'm, I'm I'm not saying that it's impossible for them to get on there, but I mean they're given the world that they're in, given that mm-hmm. there are people everywhere trying to find salvation of some kind, you can't. I can't see this one civilization being able to resist everything outside of them in a world where people are... A world where a lot of evil people are out there trying to find them all constantly. And especially with the saviors pushing everybody to give them supplies, you gotta... That means you have to push even further out to that's get why, supplies. Take bigger like risks Tara, and stuff. Like yeah. Tara and he were there to begin with. Right? right, like because they're being pushed. Right, mm-hmm. so there's no way that they can keep doing that, and they not, you know, that one of those groups would not have to go that route. It just, uh, it, it just, you know, either either side, you know, either way Tara goes on the decision, it's not going to be right a good oh, yeah, good a good, good outcome, sure. you know. Sure, no question. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one, and it, it really is a moral dilemma, and she's 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 working through it, but I think she's definitely seeing the light as we see towards the end of the episode. So back at the carnival, Rick and Michonne begin the procedure to take down the walkers and secure the place uh, to the gather the guns. Begins. Yes, the fun begins. They notice mm-hmm. that there is an open fence, and Rick says, all right, look, we got to block that off so we can just you know work with these walkers having here. I can get the car. You can leave these. Okay, they count the walkers. There's eight. You can handle these eight to Michonne. She's like, what, eight? He's like, come on. You can handle eight. That's nothing for you. Yeah. But actually, it is. I mean, didn't she take out like 25 in one shot? Like, she was like... Well, he said, you got the sword. I mean, you got the sword. Well, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. We I mean, need the sword. On. We don't want to use the guns. We need the sword. <laughs> it's all about doing it quiet. Quiet. <laughs> and he smacked on the button and said, come on now. He didn't smack it. He didn't if, all right. If he <laughs> did, did, I still wouldn't mind if he did, actually. That would have been okay. No, right? that's a playful relationship thing he was doing with her. Like, We're going to make on. Maggie Secretary of Interior. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So uh, they make a good plan. Uh, then it's on, and they, they split up. Rick goes his way. Michonne starts taking out the walkers, and this is the, the scene, like you said, Jim, where she kind of bangs on the dumpster and leads two of them behind the dumpster. And the camera, you can't see what's going on. You just kind of see the silhouette of her doing her moves and slicing the heads off the off the walkers, and and you see the blood splatter on the fence. Just a very cool shot. Very Frank cool. Miller. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like you know, like Japanese, like um, anime. Oh God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Manga. No, I'm gonna, yeah, but I'm trying to think. There's a movie in particular that does that. And I can't remember what. Uh, Sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> Kill Bill. No, oh, no. oh, I got Lady Snowflake. It was there the you one go. The, the kind of uh, the, the Tarantino kind of based that uh, fight with uh, uh, oh, Orange G and uh, and the Bride uh, from. But yeah, the kind of off off camera splatter of blood or whatever. I think it's really cool. Like Nicotero now has filmed so many zombie kills. He's really kind of having fun with it. You know, like with the staging and the. You know, the way it's shot and, like, trying different things. I think it's really, really uh, fun. And if you watch the scene again, because again, I watch it twice, obviously, once to watch it and once to take the notes, he used some kind of, like, long lens stuff. Like, you see you see Michonne like, dispatching zombies. Usually you see the kind of close-ups. Here she was kind of far away. Like, you see it almost from Rick's perspective. And she's slicing and dicing and doing her moves. It was, just, it was so smooth. It was so fluid. I mean, you felt like you're right there. So I just think it's just he's definitely, like you said, he's... 
He's on it right now. He's definitely uh, executing it. Rick makes a beeline to the car and notices a zombified soldier's head is stuck through the windshield on the driver's side. He can't kill it with the helmet on his head or whatever. So he attempts to grab it by the leg when he gets outside the car and drag it out. Only he grabs it by the leg and the ankle, and that's all he ends up with. The ankle just gets ripped off the leg, and it's disgusting, and he throws the foot away in the ankle. <laughs> he, See, he, yeah. Jim, 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 you were just mentioning, like, you know, uh, like Japanese cinema. This feels like a, like a Buster Keaton skit right here. Right. right. Jim going through, uh, uh, Rick going through, pull, pulling pieces of the zombie apart just so we can get to the car. It's like this comedy of errors of him moving this thing around. He gang grabs well, it. Yeah, it's not a Southern car- Carnival without a taffy pole, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously, so true. it was your so taffy pole. It was just great though. He pulls that first. He pulls. It. You're you're exactly right though. It's just really com- almost comical the way they staged it. it almost, almost Evil Dead like because it was it was so horrific but also so funny. You know, pulling the foot off and then pulling the bottom half off. Right. And then... <laughs> so he grabs the waist, like you said, the bottom half of the walker, tries to get him from the waist or the hips. And then that separates from the torso as well. So he throws, okay, then now the legs get thrown away. <laughs> Finally, he's able to grab just the torso and pull the, the the body, pull the zombie out of the windshield and just throw him onto the side. He didn't even bother killing him. He just threw him away. <laughs> right right at the beginning of that scene, there's even a funny, because he like he has you know his weapon of choice, his hatchet. Yeah, love and it. he like... He he encounters this like obstacle, and he like he looks at the zombie. It has a helmet on. He looks at his, he gives like a look to his hatchet. He's like, "Yep." Yes. <laughs> just like <laughs> he did, he did, he did. Give that look. <laughs> so and then Michonne is done. She rejoins her man, and they together push the car towards the gap. And then they have this little banter going on. He goes, "No, I got this." And she, he goes, I, you, "You took care of your eight. Let me get this." She's like, "No, I'm gonna help you out." Rick jumps in the steer. But the plan fails because when he realizes they have no brakes, and at the same moment, a zombie starts firing his automatic weapon at Michonne. It's the first time I've ever yeah. seen this before. That was right? the bit. Hold on a second. Let's, uh, let's pump the brakes there for a second, yeah. if you don't mind, if it's no. okay. That was a bit much. That zombie, it? like, with the opening fire on them and stuff like that. I, mean, he well, was he, like, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. I, mean, like, I can understand, like, him, like, the, the strap of his thing, but the rebar going into between the trigger and the trigger guard and, like, it was just, And just at the right it, time, it was, at the right angle, right? I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. To where it was like, I, thought, I thought it was a savior. That's not, yeah, for a second. Yeah, I, did too, I did, too. Yeah. yeah. But the bullets actually take down a few walkers too, incidentally. Like that was kind of cool. Like he's <laughs> But Michonne is forced to then jump in the trunk of the car for cover. And then the car, because there's no brakes, rolls way past where it was supposed to. <laughs> Rick then asks Michonne as she's in the trunk if she's good. And she's like, Yeah, it was a good plan, but you know. Michonne's like, no, Yeah, it was a great cut- plan. <laughs> no, we cut they cut the commercial here. I couldn't help right. but think like the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, like oh, they sure got themselves in a jam this time. How are they going to get out of this one? Because the know? car is surrounded by walkers at this point, totally right. surrounded. Right, yeah. Yeah. Them Duke boys the is in for it now. Yeah, them Duke hog tied and quartered this time. Yeah. <laughs> so we see the car after commercial. You're right. Uh, is now surrounded by walkers, and this is an overhead shot of the car. And Rick just does that little pop the sunroof move. Okay, fine. I can. I guess I can believe that, and escapes that way. And Michonne follows. Now, I'm sorry, guys. I got to just call out a little continuity issue here. 
with oh the with the car. Right. All right, there is no pass through from the trunk of a Crown Vic into the c- passenger compartment. They don't have folding seats in that car. Just saying. It was it was a Crown Vic. It was a Crown Vic. I'm just saying they don't have well, folding did, seats. Did we see the seats fold, or did we just see Michonne, Michonne exit through? You the You just roof? see Michonne exit through the roof. So you don't know how well, she I'm, got into the passenger compartment at that point. I mean, it's a, it's an old dilapidated car. I mean, she could have just kicked her way through yeah. it. The spare tire's sure. there. I don't see how you could have in that car, but all right. We'll let she it go, I guess, sword. right? She has a sword. All right. So <laughs> the, the, so- this the shot sword. is another one of the like, several callbacks I noticed. I mean, we've seen this shot a bunch of times in this show, the overhead shot of them standing on top of a car, right. on oh, top yeah. of a vehicle, and being surrounded by zombies on all sides. Yeah. Plus, yeah, you know, you got drone cameras all over the place these days, so this is just easy for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from the, roof, from the roof of the car, they're able to jump down, like, over into this little small fence of the carnival, which is enough to hold back the walkers that were surrounding the car. So that was a cool little escape move. And then they start; they decide, okay, but we can kill the zombies here. But the fence starts to give way, so they have to start running now into the carnival. Um, this is where the carnival music kind of kicks in too. Where <laughs> it's like his, his score kind of like starts to like cho- doing a twisted version of it. It's like, yeah, all right, I like this. This is fun. And again, they're planning. They decide to split up. They go, okay, if we take half this way and half that way. You go to the slide. I'll go to the the Ferris wheel. We can make it manageable. And that's what happens. So Rick goes to the Ferris wheel. He grabs uh, like a metal pole, I guess that was near there, and starts to take out his group of walkers pretty quickly. Michonne does the same with her sword, and again, there's some quick right. cuts here. We see her, like it's it's like one for one. Like she'll do a slice and kill one, and he'll stab one, that goes back to her. Like it's this kind of you know quick cut back and forth, but it's seamless though. Like it just it just works. Yeah, um, I like how he did that hook. Yeah, on this mm-hmm. thing. You mean that little stick work. thing? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was it's like a sharp end of a stick or something, like a pole, whatever it was. Well, it's that thing where you pull the uh, the the bears, the toys, or whatever. Is that down. what that was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah. It's the prize stick. Yeah. The prize stick. <laughs> so, uh, and then Rick then sees the deer that he owes Michonne, kind of off on the corner. So he does this little high risk maneuver. He starts climbing the Ferris wheel. <laughs> let's let's stop for yeah yeah well, yeah. The shows yeah, supposed to believe is a deer in the distance. That's what he sees. He, he sees some blob of CG that looks terrible. That was a there. bad yeah. They can do a, a tiger that clean. Why can't they get a deer looking that good? They spent right? all yeah. the money on the tiger. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, man. Like, what are fans going to complain about? A one-off deer or an entire season of Tiger? <laughs> so he makes this kind of high-risk. Like I say, he climbs up the Ferris wheel to get a clean shot at it with his with his handgun. But before he shoots the deer, he notices that the zombies are already kind of making their way towards the deer. And then suddenly Rick falls off the Ferris wheel, and he's right in the path of the zombies. So he, well, there was like a crack noise there too. I, for a second, I thought it was a gunshot. Oh yeah, no, it's just the the piece of Ferris wheel staying on broke. Like you could see right, the right. I just but while I was watching the show for the first time, first time I watched it, I uh, thought for a second it was a gunshot, and then you know he was laying on the ground and mm. realized you know he wasn't shot or whatever. But it was just for a second there. And so, what he was doing, I mean, it was more if he was like observing the beauty of nature before he was taking a shot more than any, like the zombies were coming. But I think he was just more of like taking in the awe of this. You know, thing that's happening in front of him. It's possible. I just think that he was doing something else. I don't know. I thought he was like trying to. He was going to shoot the deer, but then thought twice. Wait a second. Why even bother? These zombies are going to eat it. You know. I thought he was going to shoot the deer to keep the zombies from eating it, like put the deer <laughs> out of its misery or whatever. Yeah. So Michonne sees all this in the distance, and she starts running to save her man. She thinks he's in trouble, and he is because he's shooting bullets. Like, he runs out of bullets. He shoots, like, six zombies, and that's it. He's out. 
And we, then you see the herd descend on him. And from the distance, it looks like Rick is done. Looks like this is it. She, she, she comes up and sees about half a dozen walkers munching away on something. And she thinks that, that that's Rick. And you see this look on her face like oh, <clears throat> just total panic, pain, disbelief. I mean, she's really messed up. I guess as anyone would be thinking that her man is being eaten right there in front of her. She drops the sword. And then suddenly Rick then emerges from his little hiding place in one of the rides. Somehow he worked his way in there. He grabs Michonne's sword because she's kind of being chased by a couple of walkers now and does this slow motion throw of the sword to her. And she catches it perfectly. And uh, and that's it. I'd they, like to uh, yeah. I'd like to coin, coin a uh, word here or a new a new phrase or a new word. Uh, Glenanikins, like shenanigans, <laughs> like yeah. Glenn. He's like Glenn Glenn Dumpster. I want to call, right? call Glenanikins <laughs> on this scene. Uh, the way they shot it, it was very much it reminded me of the Glenn Dumpster scene where you know they they cut it and like you know immediately you know you knew they weren't going to kill Rick right oh hell no well at least it didn't you know end the episode or cut to commercial there like it you know it's like or let's stretch this up like let's stretch this down to like ten seconds before we like yeah. review. I I agree with you though I this is the this is the scene that takes me like I was willing to forgive the Rosita stuff yeah. uh, but th- this is the scene where like yeah it's not a five anymore like that's that's my problem with this yeah. episode. So just, Glen, Glenanigans. Let's, like, let's, let's it's, make not, it's, it's, not, it's not even like the Rick teasing death stuff. It's like, all right, like the show does that. I'm willing to give it. It's more all of Michonne's reaction. I didn't buy for a second that Michonne right. would drop the Three. sword, like and Three. and just be so like. That's not Michonne. It may be like Lori or maybe like some other weaker female character on this show, but mm. Michonne is proven to be yeah, like not just that. one not just one of the strongest female characters, but one of the strongest characters, period, on this show. Mm. She's mm. the only one that's walking around with zombies zombies on a leash in the midst of other zombies. Like that's how that's how strong she's been as a character. So the idea that like some man in her life just died all of a sudden and she's like, Well, time to get myself in, like that just did not register whatsoever. Yeah, she'd break down later, but she would not do it during the fight. Yeah, it was a very anti Michonne moment. Hmm. I don't like, know. I don't, I mean, don't, don't you think she softened a, a bit, or her heart? Her heart is not as hard as anymore. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of like now that she's that in a relationship with Rick. She's kind of you know thinking differently now than she was the lone. Not pet. to that degree. Not to that degree. Okay, it's just not, not much sure. I mean, you, and even Dude. when you know Rick be emasculated and having her go out on her own to do her, like she would take control. Like she could be sad, you know, cry later. But like this, that's not that's not Michonne. I I don't like the idea that the shows. The show, which has already made it clear that Rick is always amazing, I, I don't need the show to like diminish the other characters in right. favor of him for that reason. It's like I get it, Rick. Great. Yeah, this okay. ain't Supergirl now. So she yeah. would go. So a more appropriate reaction was she would go and slice and dice all those walkers in a fit of rage, yeah, and then in a okay, rage. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what uh, you're that's saying. right. It just came out, guys. She get to berserk her rage mode. Is that that? All I have to say about that is, dude, that's Michonne. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> She she failed recess in school because she don't play. Right? <laughs> if she saw her man. If she thought her man was getting eaten by zombies. She'd have been all up in it and would have killed everybody. I don't need her. She would have dropped her sword. And, oh no! no. It just it rang I, very false for she me. She would have made them all pets. She would have chopped off their mouths right away and their arms, and they would have been twelve new pets for her. Right, the ones that killed yeah, Rick. Yeah, I don't need heroic slow motion sword throw. What I need is Michonne slaughters all of them, and then Rick pops out and is like, "Well, you did all that." Well, <laughs> there you go. Th- this was you. 
<laughs> they did do that shine. Well, you were they chilling did. back tonight. <laughs> she had that when she caught the sword. It, it was almost like the sun just hit the sword just right. It was just it was almost like a western movie where they tossed yeah. the gun. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a, it was great. The gun shooter. I mean, once they do get rid of all the walkers, she does run and jump into Rick's arms. Like that was also you know just a little uncharacteristic, but it was cool. I, I liked it. It was nice. That part I would buy, but I agree with Aaron. Like, it's just very unmichonne of her to like just, you know, even Rick being killed would be would. I mean, her reaction would not be to like drop her sword and and you know just just die. I mean, that's not very michonne at all. Well, that's mm-hmm. a problem I have with TV writing in general, where they when a couple gets together for whatever stupid reason, they feel like they have to write both characters are being weak, like they're badasses before, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden they fall in love. Now I can't shoot as well as I used to, and I get tired now, and I don't make good decisions anymore. And st- like, it's just it, I, it's like a TV trope that I don't understand why they do so much of. Even the setup of this scene's like, okay, Rick fell off, and now there's walkers. Like, what is this day one? Why is he just like, whoa, my God, what do I do? Back up slowly on the grass and shoot some people. Get up and run, dude. You know what to do. You've been in this hmm. situation a thousand times. Right. Yeah. So after the, uh, you know, they they've done hugging. Rick just says, I tried, but I still owe you one. It's a meaning the deer. So, uh, and that was it. Uh, they went, then worked towards collecting all the weapons on the field from the dead soldiers. You know, not much not dialogue here, like you said. Just them, I guess, makeshifting uh, some kind of wheelbarrows and stuff like that. You know, like little carts and what have you. And, uh, you know, collecting all the weapons from the field. And it ended up being quite a bit. After commercial, in the van ride back... Rick is now driving, and he notices Michonne is very quiet. Like, he sees something's going on. She's not, she's not, something's wrong with her right now. He stops the van to talk to her, and he, he stops the van, he stops it, parks it, takes the keys out. Like, we're going to talk, okay? This is it. He, he again say, says he could have gone a couple more days, and he would have liked that. Then he admits to her that he hasn't been sleeping, thinking about his lost friends. And then when he says that, she turns to him and starts to soften up a little bit. Um, how Glenn saved him right at the beginning. This is his, and, and he was powerless to save him. He couldn't do anything. And he's really, you know, he's missing his friends. It's, it's just a trauma. Rick says the next thing uh, is that they're going to they're fight the saviors and that they are going to lose people, maybe even each other, he says. But whatever happens, it'll be worth it. Michonne starts to cry, saying that she can't lose him. Now, did that bother you guys too a little bit? I mean, she, she has to be hard ass all the time and i mean or i mean she she's showing some emotion here like i think that was pretty okay yeah, but i, I, I kind of like what he said though i, I kind of I, I, yeah i was that to her I, I was digging the rick monologue enough where it didn't bother me the kind of response that i'm show because again it's like I, I i don't know if rick needs to be reaffirmed about how awesome is this like wh- who's on the poster of every season of the show <laughs> like i get it so it's it's fine like what rick was saying worked for me but show it's like all right I'll, I'll take that just because the rick stuff was good enough mm. and it is real i mean that's a real concern like we can't break every they've already done the breaking down every time somebody gets murdered that they care about we we can't do that we don't got time for that he did that when his wife died right he did that later on like you don't have time for that now. anymore like yeah anymore like if i drop you keep rolling you you don't sit there you know mourning me we got to get this thing done because we have people to take care of so that's and and carry on my wish to make to make aaron secretary 
of state. <laughs> exactly. Secretary of state. Exactly. And Morgan, Speaker of the House. Morgan, Speaker of the House. You keep saying, you know, they have to pay it to the future. You know, the future is what's important, not them, not him, not her. Right. Right. Future. Yeah, he says that's the next line. He goes, it's not about us anymore. It's about a future. He doesn't say Mm -hmm. our future. He says a future. I guess meaning their group, the human race, whatever. It's just about them. And it's not just about them. It's about, you know, everybody. And if it's Rick who doesn't make it, then Michonne is going to step up and lead the way forward. Right. he's, He's... He's definitely thinking straight now. Rick is definitely, uh, he's come to terms with a lot of things very quickly. Yeah, I needed to hear that because it, it almost was like everything's going to be great and we're going to have a big house and we're going we're gonna to live in this nice yeah. you know, environment. Everything's going to be beautiful. Like it was just like they didn't, re- like I hope you guys remember, you know, like this is a war and tragedy and all that kind of stuff follows you guys too. Like right. not he's- just this. He's not kidding himself here. He's saying yeah. people, a lot of people are going to die during this battle. And it could be me. Exactly. It could be you. It could be both of us. I mean, it's just, it's, I'm not kidding ourselves here. Yeah. So quick cut to the junkyard people, which I didn't expect this episode. I thought this, I thought this was going to end like a usual, you know, the two-person episodes. They kind of right off into the sunset and we wait till next week. But again, a quick edit. We're back to the junkyard. Mm-hmm. Rick offers the guns to Jadis, but she's skeptical. She said they look dirty. They don't believe they're going to work. Rick says, look, we cleaned a few of them. You can do the rest. We're in this together. <clears throat> Tara then chimes in, says there are 68 guns and that they actually made an inventory. And Jadis says no. And Tara says, no, what, to the inventory? Like, she's, she makes this little line again. <laughs> she just doesn't stop. She has the best, like, little quips, you know. She says she will need twice as many, Jadis says, to fight the fight. I, I guess she was implying that she has twice as many people. They all need at least one gun. Right. So they have at least, what, 140 people is what it sounds like? I mean, that's... I guess that's the implication, or she wanted double guns for the amount of people <laughs> that they have, two guns for people or something. I don't know. I don't I know. I, their language is hard to understand. Just I, I got, okay, it's like half as much as they need or something, whatever. So that's... I think it's still a power play. And I, and it, it is. And Rick it very kinda, much is. Yeah. And, and Rick kind of, when he finally said to her... Not only are you gonna give me twenty guns, right? And I'm, I'm keeping yes. the damn cat, right? Exactly. But yeah. she respected it. Like her look on. What yeah. I love about the direction in the, the show is that not only is the body language works, but the director kind of or the actors smart enough to know when to change the facial expression, and uh-huh. she respected him for that. Like mm. when he when he showed that there was a smile on her face when he <laughs> yeah. said twenty, and and you, you're gonna say yes. It's like, all right, I think I could follow this dude. Like, it's yeah. almost, you know, like, I, I think he might be the one that could I respect enough to follow. Because they're not going to follow any weak person. Oh, yeah, cause she, and she has to hold on to her being a leader, too. Right. So, you know, her, her people are watching all this happen. True, so right. like, true, 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 yeah. Which just gives in to this other guy who's come in and starts making demands. And they're like, well, why are you? Given into this guy, like is it so? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a mutual respect going on as far as exactly. what they're. And I, also, I love that she called out the cat. Like that's a great like that was yeah. awesome. That was <laughs> Give me a cat. that was perfect. But we forget now, lest we forget that Rosita had to say a few words about this. She's like, she, at this point, she's like, fine, let's just go. Pack up the guns. We don't need these people. She just wants to haul ass. But Jada says, it's our guns to take. Our deal's still on. So she doesn't want them to roll off with all the guns just because they're negotiating here. And then, like you said, Rick negotiates. Tries, first says they need, they need 10 guns. 
And then Jadis says, we got to return the cat. Rick says, no, like you said, 20 guns, and I'm keeping the cat. And then right. Jadis agrees. And he and Rick actually says, he did this last time, too. He goes, say yes. Like, that's his yeah. final offer. That's yeah. that's Ricky's for, that's my final offer. You better take it. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> say and yes. I loved it. And I, and I loved the reaction to it. And they almost looked at Rosita like, you, you don't exist, little girl. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little girls, the, be, be quiet. You, you, the you, grown-ups you, are talking. The grown-ups are talking. Yeah. yeah so get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Show leans in to Rick after this is all done and says that uh, they now have a few more days until they find out what happens next. So the war is postponed just a little bit, and it gives them a little time to breathe, I guess. Back at Alexandria, Tara leaves her house, supposedly on the way to find Rick, but then Rick just happens to stroll up on her. And I had a yeah. Before we get to this, there's a lot of people traveling all over this episode all with like seemingly place. no time passing, which kind of bothered yeah. me at this point because it's like I, I I get you know uh, you know edits because that's just how you make a show work. I don't need to see the specifics necessarily all the time. But people are like people are going here and back to the scavenger place. Rick and Michelle were out for what, like four days ahead of where they were or something. Right. Then we're at like the hilltop at the end of this episode. It's like what's like where are people coming from? But, but did it take you out of it though? Because I, I felt it was fine. It didn't bother me. It, like, it, 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 it actually, um, the previous weeks it hasn't. This week it actually did. Really? Like, okay. Wait, how- all the way at the hilltop now. It's like, when are people traveling all the? And why are there no other? Ale- I wrote, where are the Alexandrians? Like, no one's around anymore. Like, it's just like, where, where's Tobin? Hashtag where? Where's Tobin? Hashtag where's Tobin? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he go? I mean, how many Alexandrians are left? I mean, think about it. There's not that many left. It was a Tobin, Eric, and I can't even name anymore. It's pretty much it, right? I mean, it's like. Think about like the when like Portuguese died. Gone. Like the whole town was there. Like there's a lot of people. Like they're just. But the know, wolves hanging. took a bunch of them out, didn't they? Too. Like I mean. Not enough to like diminish the entire town. Yeah, I guess like, you're yeah. right. Yeah, they, they're playing with it now. I guess you, yeah, it's true. It's, it's like almost like it's Rick's group only in town now. Where's the rest of them? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm saying, really. Because yeah. I, I I get what I get. You know, necessity and budgets and shooting schedules, what have you. But at the same time, it's like I it sh- I should be able to kind of feel a sense of community for what Rick's fighting for. Put some extras back there, taking a stroll or something like that, right? Just something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's sure there's like three people that are don't mind the the. the the hot Atlanta heat to shoot in Alexandria for a couple days on the set of The Walking Dead. <laughs> so again, Tara leaves her house, but Rick stops her on her porch and asks if she's okay. And he's actually looking for Rosita. That's why he was on his way to talk to Tara. Tara responds, she's probably out looking for more stuff, looking for more guns again. And Rick, he buys that. He goes, okay. And he goes, what did you want to talk to me about? And Tara's like, I have something to tell you. So at this point, we can assume... That she's going to give up the uh, the Oceansiders at this point. I think she yeah. she kind of came to that conclusion discussing yeah. it with Judith. <laughs> Heartfelt well, Judith made good points. I mean, yeah, Judith, yeah. <laughs> have you seen her TED talk? By the way, it's brilliant. <laughs> Judith, I was, Judith I was TED talk. <laughs> I wish she hosted the Talking Dead. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so Rosita, with a serious face on it, and they have this close camera on her. She's walking. She's making her way to the hilltop, and she doesn't even like. Like you said, she doesn't even stop at the entrance. Like she's already inside the hilltop when you see her. She's like on a mission. She finds then Sasha le- leaning over Abraham's grave, just coincidentally at that moment. Rosita says she needs her help. And Sasha says, okay, on one condition, that I get to take the shot. And Sasha then presents a big-ass sniper rifle. To Sasha. We all know Sasha's a good, Ros- good Rosita, shot. Rosita presents a big-ass Excuse rifle. me. Rosita presents a big-ass rifle to right. Sasha. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a good one. Like it's got a huge scope. Like It's a really 
it's a proper long-range kind of sniper rifle. And no, Sasha then says... The kind you can't miss with. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> Sasha says, they can't catch us alive. And Rosita responds, it's a one-way ticket for both of us. So it's they're both sure. going into the, this thinking that it's it's done. They're done. They're gonna go. To, they're gonna basically commit suicide. They either kill Negan or they both get killed or both. Like there's no way out of this. It's a one way ticket right. either way. Yeah. But Sasha's thinking think to herself, at least I've got Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> exactly. I know. I'm gonna be on starships and stuff. I don't know. I what's got going a job. I'll be in the 23rd century, baby. Let's go. Tune it up. Oh, it's man. a good. It's a good thing Jeffrey Dean Morgan announced that he's only going to be playing a Force Ghost in the next season of The Walking Dead, so we know this plan will go along swimmingly. <laughs> Force Ghost. So that's it, guys. That's the end of our episode. Before we get to our Buster ratings, let's do a quick word from our sponsor. Sponsor, uh, Jim. Would you do the honors? Thank yeah, you. DCB Service is our sponsor. DCBService.com. That's Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, DCBService.com and their uh, sister site, InStockTrades.com. If you are into comics, graphic novels, or if you're just a fan of The Walking Dead, I'm looking on their site right now. They have, uh, for, for uh, right now in this month, Walking Dead Yahtzee with blood red dice and a special <laughs> zombie dice that affects the others. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they have all kinds. Of, I mean, if they have that, you imagine what other kind of Walking Dead stuff they have. They have action figures. Playing cards. I'm looking also at this really cool rocker tees that say Negan and Lucille and have the you know, skull and crossbones, but with uh, crossed uh, uh, Lucille's. Those look pretty sweet. So if you're a fan of the show or if you have a friend or a loved one who's a fan of the show and you want to get them a cool geeky gift, DCB Service is a great place to go. They have a lot of a huge selection, really good prices, often cheaper than Amazon, and really good customer service. They really help you. They're really uh, help you out. They're really good at what they do. Uh, shipping is always quick. Um, if there's ever an issue, it's always quickly resolved. And again, they uh, they offer everything that's in the uh, the previews uh, world catalog uh, every month of just incredible amount of geeky stuff. Not only right now they have fifty percent off on all their Marvel and DC uh, trades and hardcover collections. Uh, so if you're into you know into comics, into graphic novels, want the you know the whole collected story, the trade paperback version or the hardcover version, half off. Again, cheaper than Amazon, better people to work with, um, really uh, high quality customer service, and all kinds of cool uh, geeky stuff. And again, if you're not into the comics and graphic novels, they they have clothes, they have action figures, they have statues, they have games, uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, DCBService.com. Uh, great people to have as our sponsors for low these many seasons of the Walking Dead TV podcast. And we thank uh, Jim, you for let me that. throw one thing in there. I wanted, I wanted oh, to throw sure. one thing in there. Uh, if you go this month, if you go, uh, you can order the first issue of the Star Trek Mirror Broken uh, series. It's a six issue series, and it and it's if you're a fan <laughs> of the Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, it's it's done by a friend of mine. He's the artist on it, J.K. Woodward. Uh-huh by Scott Tipton and David Tipton, and it's a nice little uh, look into the Mirrorverse. We never got to see the Star Trek Next Generation uh, crew in the Mirrorverse, right. but we got to see it for all the other uh, incarnations. So this is your this is a way that you could see that, and it's got a lot of action in it, and it's it's a really it it 
exciting story that's coming I'm, up. I'm totally buying that. Number one, like Data is part Borg. It looks like yes, Picard's Data's got a, like a goatee. It's like, I'm done. I'm sold right it's there. All, oh in. yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. all about Mirrorverse Counselor Troy for me. And <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna go to, uh, to stay at a hotel at Comic Con with uh, J.K. Woodward as your uh, roommate. I hardly recommend it. It's quite an experience. Now, is this the one yeah. we, where Captain Bertrand is? No, this is that's a different one that he was in, right? I might be in this. But as something, uh, someone mirror else. Verse, mirror verse, mirror verse, Daryl. Mirror verse, Captain Bertrand. That's funny. You're like you're, you're vegan and hate spaghetti, and because <laughs> you are in canon, you are in Star Trek canon. Actually, I am in Star Trek canon. That is true. <laughs> uh, definitely check it out. He's been working hard on this. It looks the pages that I've seen look beautiful. Uh, uh, of this and the space battles and whatnot. So. I, I'm I'm all over it. It's, I'm actually yeah. on the site. I'm on the site right now. As soon as we're done with the show, I'm going to probably place my order. Just go I'm... to IDW Publishing and you can find it right there. Gotcha. It's IDW. Just... Yep. I'm on it right there. Cool. All right. Oh, they make 24 too. All right. There you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, anyway, getting back to our show. So, Aaron, uh, I know you have a hard out. So, Aaron, what is your Buster rating for this week? Uh, I'm going four and a half Busters. Like I, I thought this was episode was a lot of fun and you know not just in a general sense of like hey i had a fun time watching this like it was a legit fun episode i think the 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 chemistry between uh andrew lincoln and denai guerrero really paid off here because he's already you know established them pretty well as far as these characters having them being lived in and what have you and this week you you know you really got a sense of their relationship together in a, a way that benefited like you got to spend time with them in an episode that's it has plot stuff going on, so it's not too separated from what you know the, the main action. But it is kind of laid back and loose in a way that benefits a show that really relies on a lot of darkness a lot. So I mean, if we're going to get into some dark stuff in the sec, you know, the second half of the second half of the season, um, it's nice to get this kind of calm before the storm, and it paid off well. It also, as much as I dislike the Rosita stuff, it, it at least sets up what's going to be you know going on next for those characters. Uh, we have a taste of where things could be headed as far as gaining more people in this group as far as Oceanside goes. Like, there's just a lot of well-done stuff, well-handled stuff, well-written stuff, and with a with a mix of fun and smiles, uh, even with the, you know, minor misses that I had as far as some some stuff towards the end there with uh, with, with uh, Michonne on the, in the fair. But, like, overall, and the fair, the whole fair set pieces, I think is a really fantastic step. So, yeah, it's just, a, I thought it was just a really good episode in general. And, uh, so, yeah, four and a half busters. Excellent. Uh, let's see, Daryl. Um, I have to give it a four. I, I totally is so into this episode. It, it it had just enough action in it, and it, it had a the fast pace the uh, pace of the story. But at the same time, it gave the character development that I wanted to see between Michonne and and Rick and preparing for this big battle that they have going on. And it still moved the story. Like even though it was a character focused uh, episode, it still moved the story around uh, uh, forward in a nice way and didn't feel like we're just it just stopped moving, which is what's happened quite a few times before when they've done this. Um, but it, it totally worked for me. I, I liked the direction. I liked the the shots. I liked the kills. Um, the, the different ways that they the zombies how they had to kill them and deal with them, uh, which is hard to do in a show that's about killing zombies every every week. Um, and I, I really really uh, liked how it ended, um, and I liked where it put the characters at at the end of the episode. Um, and I liked how they got there. So it it, it really I'm I this part of the show like is really really a good. This is this is ending very well this season. Um, 
I think this, is, this show is really leveling up the way that they're doing it and preparing for this this thing that's about to happen. Okay. I will read Chubb's comments uh, now, and then we'll get to Jim. He uh, <laughs> says, uh, so sorry I could not make the podcast this week. Say Yes was a return to the tone I love from both the TV show and the comic. Andy Lincoln and Denai Guerrera owned this hour of television. I found most of the episode enjoyable and with little issue. Seeing Rick and Michonne dealing with scavenging and, and all the events at the fairgrounds was classic Walking Dead zombie fun. Glad to see Rick as a main focus rather than relegated to the side like the first half of the season. This week, this week's Rick was like the Coca-Cola classic Rick, not the shitty new Coke Rick we've had for a while. I'm tired of Rosita and her shitty attitude about everything. Mm-hmm. I get holding on to the anger and hate against Negan and the Saviors, but this portrayal of these emotions and their actions resulting is terrible and needs to end. Just tell Rick about the fucking guns at Oceanside <laughs> already, Tara. <laughs> for crying out loud. And he wrote, for crying out loud. You are you are all most likely doomed to a pathetic existence or a horrible death if we stay at it uh, as it is with the Saviors and Negan. So this is dog eat dog time. Damned if you do and damned if you don't, Tara. Try peaceful negotiation, but I somehow think that they will have to forcefully take the guns. Pull apart uh, twi- <laughs> pull apart Twizzlers. Zombies stuck in the windshield was cool. Loses .25 busters for Rosita nonsense. Loses .25 for crappy CGI deer. Gains .25 back for Father Gabriel's speech. So all in all, 4.75 busters for the Chub Toad. And there's a postscript. He goes, P.S. Fear the Walking Dead. Hashtag passage. Unleashed by T-Mobile was intense. I needed to change into clean pantaloons after she pulled that knife. That was it from Chubb. It's because you care about the characters so much. He does. Jim? I give this a 4.5. This is a great episode. I like the... uh, uh, There were little subtle things with Andy Lincoln and Denai Guerrero that um, you see with couples. Like, you know, Daryl mentioned before, like, the little pat on the back or whatever. Or just, like, little physical things that, like, sometimes when people are playing couples, you know, two actors are playing a couple, don't really invest that much into the acting to go that extra distance for those little subtle things that kind of really sell a, a relationship and a story. And I think they did here. I really really appreciate that a lot the set piece was great the rosita stuff was annoying and the the anti the the really non-michonne moment at the end was kind of bothersome for me and that's why i knocked it down to a 4.5 i'll give it a 4.75 uh i'm a big rick fan i'm a big rashone supporter uh i've been i've been i I like the whole thing and then i I guess it was a 4.5 episode but nicotero's direction the little things that he did just elevated it even that much more to a 4.75 for me. It was really, really good. I mean, for me to give a 5, it would have to be just mind-blowing craziness, action, stuff blowing up. That's To me, it's a 5. This is as close as you can get. And uh, I just I definitely enjoy where we're going, where we're at. Um, you know, they're, they're, Again, not leaving too many loose ends. We're kind of tying everything up now. And the, the everything was on point. Even the little giggly stuff, I didn't mind it. I think they were they were forcing it a little bit, you know, the little giggly giggly haha, everything's great stuff. But I mean, it's okay. They're enjoying being with each other, so it kind of makes sense. You know, if they were just giggling in front of the whole group, maybe it wouldn't make sense. But those two together, like they can 
they can be each other. Rick and Michonne can kind of just relax a few minutes and enjoy their little vacation, their scavenging vacation together, and which is what they're doing. And it kind of all worked for me. I really, it really did. So, uh, despite the little um, continuity car issue I had, uh, I'll still give it a four point seven five. But who cares? what we have to say we have an amazing facebook group if you haven't joined it yet and you listen to the show you don't know what you're missing please get on the facebook go to the walking dead tv podcast hit search it comes up as a group you hit join group we get you in and you can leave your very own buster ratings we have over 820 members right now and going strong and every week jim has the honor of reading your thoughts on the show. So, Jim, would you take it away? Right. What did our listeners have to say with this, our Buster ratings this week? I, I, I got to get going, though, before you end. Okay. Aaron, yeah. you got to go. Yeah. We understand. Yeah, I gotta, take care, yeah. my man. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good, good to talk to you guys as always. And uh, looking forward to next week's show. I will say um, out this week's Out Now with Aaron and Dave, the podcast that I co host, we have a really good review of Logan coming up. So, uh, get ready for that. Uh, and good movie. We'll do our little predictions at the end, too, for uh, I know the listener asked about that. So, we'll do that uh, at the end of the show. Cool. But yeah. So long, guys. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Okay. Uh, so our Buster, uh, Buster ratings for our, our listeners, like uh, Craig said, every week we invite you to sound off of what you thought on the episode. We start off with Jeff Rhodes this week. 7.2 slow-mo sword tosses out of 10. <laughs> okay. Really, really fun episode. Set the record for sex scenes, but that deer was horrible. Man. Uh, glad, glad they didn't make rake make Rick hide for a whole off season before he wiggled his way out <laughs> a la Glenn dumpster fire. See, Jeff Jeff saw the Glenanigans as well. See, I'm gonna, <laughs> Glenanigans. I'm gonna I'm making that a thing. Make it's it a thing, be, man. I'm all I'll, I'll support Glenanigans. you. Glenanigans. Hashtag Glenanigans. Glenanigans. Uh I can't rewatch, but didn't Rick carry out of that crate look a lot like Indiana Jones driving the motorcycle with a sidecar out of a crate in Last Crusade. <laughs> if I'm totally wrong, please don't read this or do. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Uh, what movie does that sword toss from? I don't know. Uh, I th- more uh, like a western to me. That's what it felt like, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Excalibur. I think I keep thinking there's probably a, a bunch. It's... I mean, that seems yeah. been done in, in so yeah. many yeah. Yeah, yeah. movies Definitely. and stuff. Uh, Brent Jones, four point five. Quit standing on waterlogged roofs out of five. See, <laughs> I told you that was a callback to the last time that happened. Talk about hitting the jackpot, man! The best thing I ever got was car- from a carnival was a Guns N' Roses picture with the paper frame and glass. Huh. Uh, this is The Walking Dead. I love. Keep ramping it up. Uh, Dre Irvin gave us four packs of Chili Mac out of five. I love that we got sweet zombie kills, some sexy time with Rashawn romance, and that Tara is finally ready to reveal Oceanside. It was so cute when she could fight in Judith, the only friend she knew could keep her secret. It will be interesting to see what badassery Rosita and Sasha will come up with. And it looks like we'll get some ruthless Carol action next week. Mm. Very exciting. Mm. Yay, Carol. I'm all about more Carol. As you know. Uh, Susan Monk, 2.6 romantic candlelit dinners in a pouch out of five. Of course, the Rashon scenes were the cutest. That was our rom-com allowance for the season. <laughs> I never feared for their safety in any of their dangerous scenes. Just scoffed at the magic sunroof or deer or whatever saved them. Uh, Rosita is now the most annoying character on the show, even though we saw that Judith is now the age where there will be a lot of tantrums. Uh, the Romulan leader can get back in her trash pile. She's not getting the cat back. <laughs> She's like a Romulan. That's a good call. Yeah. She is. Uh, yeah that, it's those bangs, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, half, hashtag passage 3.5 bunkers, not tunnels out of five. It's nowhere rating passage, too. That's fine. 
Cool. Hey, nice. bring it. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's all good, man. <laughs> Katie Levaska, 4.5 out of 5. Slimy Break Apart Zombie Soldiers. It was a refreshing change of pace with Michonne's sexy times that reminded me of past episodes. Uh, me too. Michonne, badass, lights and dice, zombie, kebabathon. Rick hijinks with vehicles not doing what he wants. <laughs> I enjoyed callbacks to the other episodes with them falling through the roof, the zombie soldiers, and the car like tank imagery from above. Hey, Katie, I just said I noticed all those things too. Wow. <laughs> I was a little scary when Michonne dropped her sword thinking Rick was zombie bait. At least it was believable Rick is clever enough to hide while they chowed down on the deer. Um, Mike Glicksman, four. Holy crap, bad CGI deer. <laughs> Even though this isn't from the comic, the writing is feeling more and more comic-like, the school fair scene in particular. Uh, Yvette, or Michelle Yvette Peoples, uh, 4.5. Don't even think you're getting the cat back out of 5. I'm taking points away from the horrible CGI, and whenever Rosita decides to go after Negan, the wrong people die. Haters are going to hate, but I adore Rick and Michonne together. Oh, yeah. Is, is Chili Mac and Cheese an aphrodisiac? Where's, where's Chubb when you need him? Um, absolutely say, like, hold on absolutely it is absolutely <laughs> anything to do with chili and mac aphrodisiac of course it is there you go i would say not so much later that night i would think <laughs> it doesn't matter it's chili and mac i'm sorry go ahead. <laughs> i guess when you i guess when you've eaten dogs and scrawny rabbits it's better than lobster perhaps jim could give them suggestions on how to jazz it up a bit However, I did keep thinking you guys haven't eaten anything like this in a very long time. I'm very certain Imodium is hard to come by in the apocalypse. <laughs> oh. See, that's what I'm saying. That's not that's not an aphrodisiac there. That's uh, oh, that's, that's some alone time in the bathroom. Uh, I forgot how much I love watching Michonne slice and dice with her katana. Yeah, we haven't but, seen it in a but, while. Yeah. yeah. I loved Rick talking about Glenn and how hard it's been. Can Rick really not see that Jadis and Garbage Pail Kids are going to turn on them? <laughs> <laughs> I like Garbage Pail Kids for, for that group. That's good. Uh, Mike Jones, three three meals ready to eat out of five. The sooner Rosita dies, the better. I'll leave that at that for the next week. Oof. Wow. Okay. Okay. Christine Bowman, 4.5 terrible negotiators out of five. Not only can Jadis not speak in complete sentences, but she doesn't know how deals work. <laughs> Did I miss something, or did sweet, uh, Rick start out by asking for 10 guns and upped it for 20? Great balance of humor, action, seriousness, and compassion. One last question for you guys. Sasha was wearing her necklace. Was it the one that Rosita gave Abraham? If, I'm, oh, if so, oh, uh, oh. That. If so, I'm ready to see Rosita lose it when she sees it. Because uh, Yeah, because uh, what's his name? Jesus gave it back to Sasha. That's mm. right, because he he lost it. That's interesting. Wow, that's a good good call, mm. huh? Johnny Stower, two out of five. Hmm. Seriously, WTF? How many people can fall twenty plus feet and not get hurt twice? <laughs> Kids, pay attention. This is what happens when you get sprung. Oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you get sprung. That damn deer looks so fake. I threw my beer. Rosita needs to gonna get killed. Uh, congrats, Robert Kirkman. Remix totally ruined that character. Hey, let's drag the season out more. It was so bad. I'm not even bringing up the fear of the Walking Dead. Ugh. Uh, hold on a second. Everyone's bringing up this deer, but the CGI on the on the zombies was seamless. Like you don't even notice it. It's that right. good. They it's just they cheated. You know what I'm good, you don't notice it. You don't even so notice it. Great. Every part of the zombie kill was bad. CGI. Okay, it was every bad. You totally notice it. So. Right. Yeah, yeah but. Uh, 
a deer. deer. It's like, come on. I, I, look, we we commented on it too before we even got here. But I mean, it's still, yeah. it's it's kind of funny how it's like angering people. It's like if that's the most that could be bad about an episode, I think that's a pretty good episode. Right. This, the, the zombies with their heads flying off. That's not real, folks. I mean, it's all CGI. Right. But right. no one says a word. It's like, oh, the deer was fuzzy. All right, yeah, the deer was fuzzy. You're right. It was a fuzzy deer. What can I tell you? Adam Fatah, I will give this episode four out of five T dogs. Although I find the Rick fake out death completely annoying. <laughs> uh, me too. Me too, Adam. Uh, Michonne was completely devastated, dropped her sword, and looked like she was ready to surrender to the walkers. I just simply have had enough with Rosita. Ooh. Rosita found no guns or supplies, but she's accusing Rick and Michonne of dragging their feet to start a war against Negan. Give me a break. Uh, Tan Bono, 4.5 sexcapades out of 5. Shekapow, wow. That's right, baby. There you go. <laughs> baby Jesus is adorable and so well behaved. I cannot take more of Jada. So hoping she is wearing a red shirt under that coat. That deer was bad. Uh, and please, no more fake deaths. Oh, man. Uh, Ian Roswell, uh, 3.99. Who fancies a trip to the carnival out of 5? Good all-around episode, a lot of visual work, and not much dialogue. So just work this week. Badly bad, bad deer animation made it not quite the four I wanted to give it. P.S. Can someone punch Rosita in the face for me? Cheers. Uh, Seth Tillman, 3.5 kids who are almost old enough to podcast out of five. Uh, definitely a passing time episode. The start could have passed for a little late Cinemax flick. Uh, and are they taking... Yeah. Are they taking the football football jerseys for the Sunday afternoon two-hand touch football games at Alexandria versus Hilltop? Uh, didn't mind the fake Rick death scene because, to me, it was more about Michonne's reaction to what she saw than, rather than the, trying to fool us. Rosita needs to die. Wow, man. Oh. Although I really think it'll be Sasha, and did anyone else see which of those are MREs had cake? All right, hold on. Let me put my chub tone again. Did someone say cake? <laughs> Craig, Craig, Man. Craig, you had MREs. Do they come with cake? Can you verify you that? Are, you are harshing on him. Man. Wow. Oh, we, we, we miss him. I guess someone has to fill in the blanks, right? Come uh, that's on. true. That's true. He's not <laughs> here. Oh, I, never got, I guess I can't miss an episode now. You're going to savage me or something. I have my voice changer. I, I can get close to doing your voice. I can't get fully there, though. <laughs> Well, you know, they'll drop someday. Uh, three out of five. Andy Walker snacks for me. Uh, I know I am hard to please, and I set a different standard for most fans, at least from the reactions I get. They missed something about carnivals that could have played well. There should have been RVs all around the rear perimeter of the rides that could have been plundered. I liked it, though. Good episode to build on. Uh, Susan Mung made up a good point here. What does it say about the episode? We were thinking... About what else they could have done instead of focusing on appreciating what they did. Um, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, four worst carnival ever out of five. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. The second half of the season has really improved since it started back. I was really expecting Negan to pop up just after they collected all the guns with a thanks, Rick. Yes, I totally agree. That was a bad CGI idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matthew Brown, 4.5 dumpster fire, 2.0s out of five. Michael Santana, 3.5. Can we stop with the fake deaths already out of five? <laughs> agree, agree, agree. Uh, I speak from personal experience. You're going to need a ton of water to drink with those MREs. They will stop you up like a cork, especially if you haven't been eating much before you throw one down. Oh, they're so good, though. Oh, my God. Beef stew. That's my favorite one. Rob, Rob Cook, four random golfing parties out of five. 
plenty of zombie kills this week, which is always good. Parts of this episode had a weird post-apocalyptic rom-com feel about it, which just about worked. Uh, Rosita, Rosita seems to be channel, channeling the spirit of Chris from Fear. She's massively irritating <laughs> wow. and probably going to get lots of people killed. Also, I don't think that Romulan should be broken any more deals from a group. Deals from a group. She's not very good at it. She's Romulan. Uh, Janet Broom, four missed deer dinners out of five. The Walker kills at the carnival scene were cool, especially the one Rick kept ripping to pieces. Another death fake out was unnecessary, especially since I feel Michonne is way too much of a badass to break down so badly over the possibility of Rick dying. Here, here. Um, Andrew Park uh, said, perhaps the showrunners have seen Scott C's work before. Uh, shame the Michonne romance scenes didn't happen in a tunnel of love mm. to the Bruce Springsteen record. And where's and where's Michonne's zombie goldfish in a plastic flat bag prize for shooting those tin cans for mom from hairspray zombies out of five? Oh, that's good. That was a good one. Uh, Blue Dake, P.S. Am I the only one who wants Tara to not betray Oceanside? Yep. I don't know. It seems kind of inevitable. It must be uh, done. <laughs> uh, four annoying Rosita's out of five. Good episode exploring Rishon. Enjoyed their chemistry and reminded us there's more out there than just surviving. I like the thinking Rick rather than the arrogant Rick of season six. Better planning will prevail. Uh, all I wanted from Tara was tonight. From tonight, ah, all I wanted from Tara tonight was for her to say, "I know where to get the guns." <laughs> uh, plus, did Rick and Michonne get married over mac and cheese? Who dies next thanks to Rosita and her bad decision-making? Uh, Jason Clue at four disconcertingly chipper Ricks out of five. Really enjoyed the relatively light Rick and Michonne adventure. Great zombie action, but I could have done with a little less of moody Rosita. And Tara's dithering over her Oceanside decision is finally over, like we all knew it would be. At about time, too. And finally, Nic- Nicholas Masilo, uh, Four rides on the Ferris wheel out of five. Really enjoyed this episode. Seems like they had a lot of fun filming it. A lighter episode is needed every now and then. Uh, Tara giving up the location of the guns to Judith was a good way for her to get that off her chest. Second half of the season is kicking butt so far. <laughs> and as uh, as Craig mentioned, if you would like to join the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group and join in on the fun and sound off on the next episode and tell us what you think, then dial the Facebooks up and go to Facebook podcast facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. And you can also get direct links to Aaron's um, reviews of each episode uh, on the youngfolks.com. Uh, the link is right there on the Facebook page. So, you know, easy breezy, lemon squeezy, get there very <laughs> easily. Uh, plus, we have a lot of fun gifts and inter- and uh, um, discussions and, and uh, you know, news bits everybody posts. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool community. There aren't any trolls. We're pretty happy about it. So let's keep it that way, but you're welcome to join us. We always have room. Walking to TV Podcast Facebook group on the Facebooks. I understand it's very popular with the young people. Mm. Jim, as always, thank you, sir. So uh, we had a request, actually, and it was uh, from one of our listeners. I think it was on the Facebook group, and it said, hey, you guys used to do like a prediction. Right. Um, like, you know, at the end of each show, we would do like even a spoiler section where we'd say, okay, if you don't want to hear spoilers, you can tune out kind of thing. And um uh, he wants to know if we can get back to that. So I've got no problem with that. Uh, if you guys are down, uh, yeah, we definitely. Sure. Did you all see the the previews for next week's episode? I did. I saw Carol. Yeah, so we saw, saw Carol. It. So she looked like she was on a rampage. It looked like. Yes, it did. Yeah. The, the name of next week's episode is called "Bury Me Here." 
And we uh-huh. even saw a little, like, like a gravestone or whatever, like a little plaque over a dug grave saying, bury me here. Right. And it was in the kingdom. Like, you saw a glimpse of that, and then the King Ezekiel checking it out. So mm-hmm. it looks pretty interesting. I mean, it looks like something happened to make Carol snap. Well, I think they told her what happened, because remember, she comes into town, and she this one of the scenes is she says, what's happened? Right. She's, she's piecing it. Something happens where she figures out that, you know what, maybe something did happen, and she's going to mm-hmm. try to figure it out. Yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, what I got from that. Oh, I'm sorry. The IMDb listing says, uh, things don't go as planned when a group of kingdomers delivers goods to the saviors during a routine supply drop-off. That's kind of what happened last episode, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the name yeah. of the listener that wanted us to do these predictions, by the way, his name is Scott Homan. So, Scott, uh, no problem. We can definitely do that. Uh, and I guess if we do steer into comic book territory, um, we could ask you guys to tune out again if you really don't want too many spoiler stuff. But, I mean... It's interesting. They are, they are kind of following the book, but they really kind of aren't almost at the same point, right? I mean, we could right. we could generally generally predict what's going to happen with Negan. Maybe we should do that actually, you know, before the end of the season, like before at least before the last episode, right? Like we could say, okay, this is what happened in the comic book, and this is what we think may happen in this show. Like it could really happen. Maybe at the end of the season, we could do like a comic comparison thing. Yeah, yeah, or we, yeah, exactly. Or I know, we, I know, we've done that before. All right. Well, what what do we do? Uh, uh, we put up a, a like a message thing, uh, a post asking what people's predictions are, and we give ours. I mean, it doesn't have to be a long show, but just a, so before the season finale. Yeah, before the season finale, we do like a, a show predictions of what we think the next, the last episode will be. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. We we did a poll. I remember we did this last year. To see who was going to get killed from Negan, but then that blew up on our mm-hmm. face because we didn't know. Yes, <laughs> we didn't know until six months and thirty minutes later uh, into the show, they <laughs> figure out who actually got killed. But um, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think we should we'll do that. So maybe we'll do a special episode or an extended length one right before the end of this of, of the season. That's what we'll do. So. But anything else? Any other predictions, guys? Based on what we saw in the preview or what we saw ending this? I mean. We're obviously heading to the war. We kind of know that that's coming. I mean, beyond that, it's it's kind of week to week at this point. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I want. I wonder though, if Carol is this is this the season that she doesn't make it through? Don't say that. Don't you dare say that. I, I, I don't. No, no, I've already no. given my prediction on that. I think she's a goner. I think when she said goodbye to Daryl mm-hmm. on that porch and they hugged, that was it. And she I'm may gonna, get I'm it. Gonna have, I'm gonna have a one man riot then. Well, I'm just telling you, man, because I just I just feel that way. I'm telling the way they they left there was like the almost the characters even knew like this is the last time we're gonna act with each other. Like it felt that way to me. And yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think this this maybe next week could be her last week. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Well, I think she for sure. I think she's gonna spark the the king to to get off his butt and. And get in this war. So Richard's prediction will come true. Like I think so. So something will happen to Carol either by her own doing or whatever. Or she, to she, that boy, which will spark Carol after she finds out what happened yeah. and the boy gets Benjamin killed, or whatever his name is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I think that will set her off, which will set the king off. I so think. either way, her or Benjamin gets it. Right. Sets the king off and then that's it. They're off to war. 
I think this is the get. I think this is finally going to make the king like right now. He just keeps burying his head in the sand, right? Right. I think this is the episode where basically the universe kicks him right in the butt and goes, "This is it. You can't. You can't protect the people from knowing what the truth is, and you have to get involved, or else every, or they they probably kill the group." But it'll be like a combination of things, right? Like they'll probably yeah. show up at the kingdom for the first time, right? Yeah. Like they'll 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 play that card which they never did before. Okay, and then right. then something'll happen, another thing will happen. Like it'll be a combination of factors that pushes them over they the keep edge, pushing, right? Yeah. Right? Cuz right now they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and then I think this is this is going to be a thing where he can't he can't protect them anymore from them knowing the truth of how harsh it is out there. They're going to have to know. Because besides his persona, the one truth that he has to protect is this deal with the saviors. Like he doesn't right. want, he so doesn't want the kingdom people to know none of it that they're being right to they're being extorted to this level. He, he, it's like besides him faking that he's this king and all this stuff. I mean, you know, the, the the voice and the persona. Besides him losing that shield or that, you know, so uh. nice. <laughs> what is it? What is this? Is, Sorry, is it lasagna time? Let's go. Come on. Was that? That was cool. I like that, man. Sorry about that. No, that's cool. It's like a Godfather that's, or something. Was that the Godfather? It did sound like the Godfather. Yeah, got, got a call from Don Corleone. No, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. You have a cook. I'll teach you to make sauce. Cook for a lot of people. <laughs> you slice the garlic real thin. You use a razor blade. It can't come real thin. You put it in the sauce. Now is that Paul Sorvino or Marlon? Yeah, I, I'm mixing it up. That, that, that was Paul. Sor- that was from Goodfellas. That was my favorite scene. Of You're right. Trying to follow along. So do you know my uncle's a chiropractor in um, in Chicago and actually in, in Naperville, Illinois. And long story short, they were filming a movie out there. Paul Sorvino used my uncle's office as a set for one of his movies he was doing. It just got released. I have to I have to get the name of it. And um, he actually, and my uncle owned a Cadillac at the time, and then Paul used that car to drive away from the scene too. Like it was, this, like yeah, and he got pictures with everyone. It was like, oh, dude, cool. you got you got Paulie here. Come on, that's it. You got big Paulie. Yeah, that's Paulie. That's it. Paulie, man. Sorito. That's it. Oh man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, all right. Uh, anything else, guys? Anything on your brain? Uh, Feeling good. No, I- just uh it's just been a great great episode it's yeah. just been a great uh, a number of episodes in a row like there just have not been too many disappointing ones the ratings are falling off a little bit too though it's like they're <laughs> everyone's still waiting for something to happen i think it's like uh they're still high well, that, but they dropped off a little bit yeah right and i got it but this has been the best uh era of tv period like they like they it's not like there's nothing on tv right now True. So I can understand some drop off and people coming back later to watch it. Like I know friends of mine. I got, I got to be really honest with you now that listen to the show, you know, off and on, but they watch the show every week and we talk about it, right? And they said, Craig, I kind of lost it at the first like about three or four episodes in last half. They lost it. They All just right. they and they didn't record it in their DVR, and they're not going to pay for it. So it's like, how do I even no. watch? And you can't even get it on demand. You have to pay. The only way you can get those old episodes from the first half of the season is like on iTunes or something like that. You can't get it from like the website amc.com or whatever. Yeah, they hurt themselves. Like so many shows do that. Like AMC, FX, like the 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 need. Actually, all the, the CBS, ABC, all of them, they have the need to take shows away. Like mm. it's going to force you to buy it. 
And I think that that's what they're trying to do, either make you watch it when it comes on or, or record it or or buy it. But that's the thing now where you only get like maybe two episodes on demand. Right. That's all you and get. They pull it. For like 30 Even days you, and they fall right, off. Right, yeah. Right. Even when you're paying for cable. And it's like if I miss a couple episodes and I'm out, like I, you know, you just. You just made sure that I wouldn't even be able to watch it then. And I'll move on to something else because there's just too much good TV on right now. That's exactly what his problem is. He goes, Craig, I want to watch it, but how the hell do I catch up? I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I'm like, yeah. I'm not spending $3 for an episode. I'm like, come on, $3, man. You're a big shot. You can spend it because I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. This is the principle of the thing. I'm not so, doing it. Right, there's so, enough on TV I can watch it. I don't have to do that. So because he fell off... Then he can't catch up now. He's like, okay, nope. so it's like, nope. <laughs> like, did you watch it? No, I can't watch it. I'm still three episodes behind. They go, okay, great. So I won't, I won't talk to him about these episodes until a year from now, and when they're on Netflix, right? Then he'll be able to, yeah, uh, yeah. able to watch them. But uh, yeah, this is kind of a strange phenomenon, I guess, nowadays with all the instant television. If you fall off, you kind of, you're kind of off. That's it's it. Silly. I, it's it's still silly to me that they do that. I mean, AMC lets you watch the episodes for free. Mm-hmm. Like that week, so if it aired on, on the Sunday, terrible app, yeah, yeah, it's it, it, you're right, it crashes all the time. It's really bad. It's on the, it's like you got to use Microsoft Edge. You can't even use Internet Explorer, and it, it there's a bunch of ads in there. But look, it's free. So what do you expect, right? But at right. least it's free. Right. But come on, at least give us give us something. Let's go back a little bit. But it I doesn't make any sense. Yeah, bro, throw us the freaking bone. There's a bone. <laughs> Come on, right? You know. All right. So, where can our listeners hear us, read us, see us, feel us, smell us when we're not talking The Walking I don't know Dead? About all that. I don't know if you want to smell us. I don't know, I don't know about all that. So, Daryl, how about you? Where, where can they get you at? Uh, you can uh, find me on uh, Twitter at the Voice One Two Three, and you can go to TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com. And we have a, a lot of uh, good podcasts on there it's, it's, you, that you can check out. Check out with uh, one of them is me and, and Jim and Donnie, and we do uh, a TV podcast. Nothing's on, so if you want to catch up with TV, even shows you don't watch or you've lost touch with, we pretty much catch you up on the shows, and it's a weekly one. So we we do do the best job we can of catching people up on. New um, episode just went up. We yeah, talked about um, Logan. We talked yeah. about um, all kinds of stuff. Um, well, uh, Taboo, Taboo, Legion, Legion. Uh, yeah, all that, all the stuff that's going on right now. A lot of good TV out right now, and we uh, we we definitely keep people up on on what they should be watching and, and whatnot. Walking Dead is one of them as well. Uh, so you can check it out on the website and as well as other podcasts that are on there, and and also with uh, Russ with. Gotham by Geeks, which is if you're a Batman fan and you read the comics or watch the movies or whatever, you can uh, listen to the podcast and it's safe for for kids. It is safe for kids and you can uh, check us out talking about all the the comics old and new uh, that feature the Batman family. That Gotham by Geeks, you posted some like pictures of the old comic book. It was pretty cool. Like I didn't. I don't know where they were from or not, but they were from the well, every episode yeah. we, we view each of us reviews we, we have our own pick we each each of us get to pick whatever comic we want to review for that week and so I always make sure that we post the cover of the comic that we're covering okay. so people can see the cover as well as it being listed so you can find it for yourself because most most of the times you can find the comic either digitally or or in print somewhere okay no good stuff I like that and did you guys, since you watched Nothing's On, you guys, uh, did you see that new show, Bosch? Is that any good? 
Is that on Amazon? Did you guys catch that yet? Yeah, I watched the first season, and I'm almost. I got to finish up the second season before the third one starts. Is it a worth a watch? Because I'm a big fan of his. Uh, what's his? It's uh, worth a watch. It's, yeah, it's well, a good or, uh, watch. What's his name? What the hell is that guy's name? The uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. The guy, the, the lead guy in that one, whatever his name is. I like him. He was in like Deadwood. He was in Star Trek. He was in a bunch of things. I like that guy. So uh, I was thinking of watching that show, but if you say it's good, I'll, I'll tell you what to watch. Watch The Expanse. The Expanse is good. First season's all on Netflix. The second season's all on Sci-Fi.com. Okay. Uh, it, if you liked Battlestar Galactica or like any of kind course. of sci-fi at all, it's probably oh, yeah. the probably the best like sci-fi show since then. Okay. Yeah. Definitely watch that. T- and Titus Black Weller. Mirror. That's Black, the same. Titus Black Mirror too. Watch Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Okay. Black and Mirror then when is Preacher coming back too? I can't wait for that to come back. When is that? Uh, uh, it's not until the fall, I think. Yeah, that's not the fall. They yeah. just started advertising the the other the first season, so I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's yeah. yeah. And then Better Call Saul is coming right after Walking Dead. It seems like right. That's right. Gonna, okay. Right. Are you guys yeah. into that? Do you cover that on your show or not really or? Uh, we will when it when yeah it we talked about it. I liked I liked the first season of Better Call Saul a lot. Mm-hmm. So. so we'll cover it when it when it gets in, especially if it's a new show. Like we cover uh, uh, next, we're going to cover uh, Patriot, which is another Amazon mm-hmm. show. Okay. We just covered uh, we just covered APB, a new show. Um, yeah, for Fox. Um, Fox. So there's a few. There's a, there's a few. Like we try to cover Hulu, Amazon. You know the you know the the path. That kind of thing. I and, and of course, CBS All Access. You're going to cover the beautiful stuff coming out of there, right? Okay. Uh, after Star Trek. <laughs> Spending all that money, yes. Which is delayed again, right? Is it delayed until what, December now? Is that going to be out? Yeah. Uh, I think that was the last delay they said <laughs> it was. So many Star Trek references this yeah. episode. I know. All, the, all right. Cool. All right, Jim, what about you? I'm the host of the DC TV podcast. Every week we cover. The shows that are based on DC Comics properties that are on television, that would be Supergirl and The Flash and Lucifer and Gotham and Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow and sometimes Powerless when we feel like watching it because it's not very good. It's not very good. It's not very good. But uh, every week with uh, Daryl and Chubb and Jerry Atkinson, a.k.a. Sister Throat Punch and myself, we cover all that good stuff. Uh, I'm also on, like, uh, Daryl said, Nothing's On. And another podcast on the Taylor Network, uh, Paradigm Shift. It's a uh, D&D game uh, turned into a podcast uh, with myself and other interesting folks uh, playing with uh, Alan White as the uh, the DM. And uh, it's pretty fun. We just started. Our second episode should be up this week, I think. Uh, it's called Paradigm Shift. That's really fun. Um, check us out there. HHWLOD.com is where you find the DC TV podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Yoda Jones. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. And if you want to hear my other podcast, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show. AutoChatShow.com, Facebook.com forward slash Auto Chat Show. Me and my co host Teddy review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, and generally whatever comes into our brains. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. This week, uh, we'll be actually talking about, like I said, the Hyundai Santa Fe and covering some of the news that came out of the LA Auto Show. Um, Getting some new cars lined up for the spring, so stay tuned for that. We're kind of finalizing our schedule, but there is going to be some pretty cool stuff. We're trying to do a um, kind of a V8 shootout, getting the Corvette and a couple other cars in there. So stay tuned for that and a lot of other uh, good things. So autochatshow.com. When there's no more room in hell on the dead walk of the earth, remember, it's always fun to go to the carnival.
Thank you. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. <laughs> it's better than I had, which was nothing. I had nothing. All right, guys. Take care. All the cheap thrill seekers, vendors, and the dealers, they crowded around me. Have I been blind? Have I been lost inside myself and my own mind? Been hypnotized, mesmerized by what my In a spectacle of wealth and poverty In the diamond market, the scarlet welcome carpet That they just rolled out for me And I've walked these streets In the madhouse, the silent they can be Where a wild and misfit prophet Traffic island stopped and he raved of saving me. Have I been wrong? Have I been wise to shut my eyes and play long? Hypnotize.